we go. Cool. Right. My check, my check. Oh, finally. See, it always fixes after like I do all this stuff. I'm like, oh, the levels aren't going to be right. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I was panicking for no reason. I hate it. Um, all right. What's up, man? It's been, I think, legit. Like, So last October was the last time I saw you. Last October, I know. Man. Yeah, 10 months now? 10 months? I hope not. That's too long. Oh, I've been <laughs> head, in the, like 10 yeah, head in the ground, man. <laughs> Dude, in, okay, first of all, introduce yourself. This is... Hi, I'm RJ. I'm a photographer here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And we met at Phoenix Fashion Week last year, so if you guys got through the mediocre sound, I really listened to the podcast that we <laughs> recorded at the after party, and I was like, every fifth word, <laughs> right? it's going up. <laughs> it's going up, man. But I met um, RJ last year. He's a photographer here. Um, so last year, Phoenix Fashion Week was interesting because I didn't... My friend was... I think he, I think they call it like the Prospects or the Rising Stars or mm-hmm. something like that. So not the main show, but the one like right before it. Community designer. Yes, that's yeah. it. Community designer. Yeah, so he was doing community designer. Um, that's Carlos. I talked to him last week. So um, he was a community designer last year. And so for us, we had never been to anything like that before. Like to the point where Jalo, uh, one of my guys, he came through, like he saw Carlos post on Instagram. And he's like, yo, y'all actually made it there. And we're like, yeah. He's like, cool, give me 15. I'll be there. We're like, word. <laughs> he's like, do you have an extra ticket? I'm like, we'll figure it out, dog. And oh, we man. figured it out, dog. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, that, that was crazy. Um, you know, for me last year, that was, uh, I was actually involved in, in the production of that show. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so that was a, uh, you know, backstory. I, I um, did the media for, for uh, Phoenix Fashion Week um, as part of their media team. Um, and really putting that, that production together, I remember there were so many, like, fires that were going on <laughs> right before, like, the day of the show. Was um, that the first one after COVID? That was the second one. Um, okay. Oh, so, that's still growing. Things, yeah. Though. It's not like oh, they had it down. No, the the show in April. Um, in my opinion, the show in April, and it was probably because I was a little, still starry eyed a, a little bit. But um, I think the the show in April ran much smoother. Um, but October was definitely like you know, really going through the motions and really trying to figure out like how are we going to put this uh this whole production together is october the bigger show october was the bigger show okay um, that makes yeah sense. october was it was a big show um and you know seeing it all come together at the very end um you know it it looked like it ran smoothly everybody had a good time um so that's what i, what I really enjoyed about it was seeing that it all came together if you, I mean, the, a lot of the stuff that was there, and especially when when we saw like the actual designers, like the featured designers, come on, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that was like high concept. You can really fuck this up if you're not careful. Stuff yeah. like city, I think they're called city of city K. of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, city of knowledge. Yeah, on Instagram, yeah. I saw on Instagram earlier, and I was like city of K, but yeah, city of knowledge. That's what it was. I could not remember. City of knowledge had like it was basically a short film. Yeah. And that, I'm like, oh my God, you can really, really fuck this up if you're not careful. And like, you have to, everything has to hit. Yeah. And they did. Exactly. Like the behind the scenes looked, I mean, I'm sure there's, there, <laughs> there always are, right? But it just worked. And I was like, wow, this is actually really high quality. Exactly. For, and you know, for, especially because it's not a huge show. No, no, you're right. Um, you know, I think that's. That's the rule of any production, right? When you're when you're going through it, 
it's really the end product that, that matters, right? Yeah. Um, there are going to be tons of hitches uh, along the way, right? But as long as the end product looks smooth, um, you know, that's really what you're trying to convey. Uh, prior to the City of Knowledge, right, there, there were test shows, there were filming and stuff like that, just to kind of get to that point. Um, now, he, his, that film that he did, that was something that he brought uh, himself, but even just getting it on, yeah. on stage, right, you have to go through... Uh, the media team to actually have it show up on the stage because those are all individual screens that it's playing on. They all have to be calibrated. I didn't know he did that. I yeah. didn't know it was different screens. That's, that's yeah, cool. so there's all different screens that have to be calibrated um, just to make sure that everything looks correctly, you know, but um, when you get to the day of, you know, that's where everything has to run smoothly. Um, and when it doesn't, you know, you've got you've to be able to roll it off so smoothly that people can't tell that something went wrong. Right. right. When I was in the army, I um, so I worked on on IT. I did IT, but mm-hmm. our job description before like before before computers were a thing was radios, mm-hmm. and so it all kind of got folded into oh well you do radios right and I'm like <laughs> not really but like what do you need you know? yeah and uh, one of the things that we had to do a lot was not AV equipment but like the audio equipment for like presentations and mm-hmm. stuff. Oh my God, I cannot tell you how many times we had to like record and record. And then it was like, oh, hey, the CD that we had that plays the national anthem doesn't work. Does anybody have it on their phone? And then like, I remember one time we had to play it off YouTube and there's an ad in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, and I was so glad I wasn't the one working on that one because there's like an ad that they had to like silence. And then I was like, oh my God. And then like mics will go out and like, there's so many things that like, just little things where it's like. You know, if his mic hitches out for a couple minutes, mm-hmm. that throws off everything because you were supposed to go on at three forty-five, and now <laughs> you know it's three forty-seven, and he's still got to introduce. It's, dude, I do not. It, how do you get involved with that as a photographer, though? Like, how do you? Um, you know, so to or is say, it just like filling a need? So exactly, it's it's about filling a need, right? Okay, um, that makes sense. You know, I like to think of myself like this. Um, I'm a business owner first. And photography is what I sell. Okay. Uh, wow, that's really good. Okay. Uh, beyond that, right, the key that I find with any business is really to service a need, right? Right. Um, and when you kind of approach it like that, right, um, there's a lot of things that as a photographer and running my own company uh, that I have to do day to day anyway, right? Um, social media. Uh, marketing. Yeah, we were talking about the social media exactly. stuff before, man. That's, <laughs> uh, it's so much harder than people think to hit to stay on it. It is, but you know, having those those skills, right? That skill set. It's. I, I think entrepreneurship is is a good, it's a good way to learn everything mm-hmm. because you have to do a little bit of everything just to move to the next level, right? So you're doing your accounting, you're doing your marketing, you're doing. Uh, whatever you're actually selling right. and then you know the day-to-day interaction being able to tr- pivot that to Phoenix Fashion Week was pretty easy because it was something that I was already doing um, okay so fulfilling that need really kind of led to that that makes more sense because I think that people I know one of my issues was like getting locked in on like oh I just do this I just do mm-hmm. this and the, the one reason why I love the internet so much is because and just how where technology has taken us is like if you think about it, even 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 
having a setup like this with like GarageBand and a mic, this yeah. wouldn't have been. I mean, in 2013, it was in, kind of in its infancy. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, it wouldn't have been this easy. Like, and, and you look at 20 years ago. This is a radio show. Exactly. You know, and if you look, you know, further and further back, and it's ham radio and pirate radio and all these different things. And so, just the fact that like you can have a multi hyphenate jack of all trades who's like, oh yeah, I can help with that. Oh yeah, yeah I can kind of do this. And I think that's really, really important as we see a lot of artists go. That's why I don't think. Like, honestly, I was talking to, to uh, well, I was talking to one of my friends, one who owns the art exhibit. I was talking to mm-hmm. her, I was like, when was the last time you saw somebody who just does one thing? Yeah. It's actor slash rapper slash, <laughs> you know. Um, you Ludicrous. Know. I mean. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy he's making money now because it's just like, it was to the point where I was just like. Yo, he's just doing exactly what he wants to do. He's chilling. He's <laughs> exactly. big chilling. But it's like actor, rapper, singer, you know, producer, whatever. And I, it's kind of exciting to see that nobody's specialized in art anymore. No, I, you know, I, I think, I think if you were to put everything into one basket, right, you limit yourself, right? Because we're we're creatures of evolution. Um, okay. You know. Who knows if in 10 years, you know, what you're doing is going to even look the same, right? Yeah. Um, is photography going to look the same in 10 years? That's up for Maybe. debate. <laughs> you know? As, or is it going to look something like it did back in the 90s, like the 80s and 90s? Like, exactly. It, we don't know. It's so weird. It's, you're, you're facing a blue ocean that you don't really know yeah. what's going to happen, right? So, you know, being able to pivot and have different things in your toolbox you never know when it might come in handy right, right? it's it's almost like that batman utility belt where he has, <laughs> has a little bit of everything yeah. right so it's like if you're able to use a certain skill to service a need you know maybe that turns into a line of business down in the future but right now it's a service that you can kind of provide what i call it is um and we saw this we saw this a couple of years ago old 2016 to 2020 um ben carson mm-hmm is a like genius brain surgeon yes (laughs) and he focused so much on being the greatest brain surgeon in the world for like what 30 40 years or something Uh like that that when you put him in any other situation he had no idea what he was talking about exactly and it's like well yeah that's what happens when you're hyper specialized for like all your entire adult life exactly and i think that like and he, he's kind of the example of like, yeah, you can either be hyper-focused in one thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, you know, Mario Kart when it's just like five speed, five driven, you know, it's like, yeah, exactly. or you can be a little bit good at everything, but like kind of able to, you know, mm-hmm. to go wherever you need to. And I think that's kind of the goal now is like, of course you want to be good at everything, but. And, and you know, I, I think that you have to find the balance with that, right? Yeah. Um, you, you brought up Ben Carson, which is a, a perfect example, right? Cause, because I think Ben Carson is the perfect example of like what the world used to be and what work used to yeah. be right it used yeah, to be you could point. you could be hyper specialized right um it made sense you know you used to have like trade schools where you did one profession ac hvac right or uh plumbing right but now you see people branching out you know you see people that are in the service industries becoming general contractors and not just handling one thing or even on a smaller scale, those HVAC guys, they don't do just residential anymore. Yeah. It's commercial, residential, automotive. Exactly. Like, you know, even even like within your own industry, 
like as a photographer, my mom she just started doing photography, and she does more like she does more like the sports action photography. But I was telling mm-hmm. her, I was like, what about like music? Mm-hmm. You know, what about like you know doing like action shots, but in music and in different things, and I like have it reflect your interests. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, it's funny that you brought this up um, because this is a uh, a perfect thing uh, that's something that happened over my summer, right? Which is I primarily shoot real estate photography. Uh, as my my source of income, right? Uh, unfortunately, the economy has been a little yeah, iffy, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, to it's say the least. Uh, but being able to pivot and do things like events, senior portraits, and headshots, yeah. and focusing that on that and making that my core business during the summer was how I kind of stood afloat while real estate is kind of doing whatever fluctuations right. it goes through. My brother, he. Um he was listening to a podcast and or watching a YouTube video or something. And uh, I want to say it was Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. He was talking to, I think the story was Charlie Day and John Malkovich, which, the, like, take my money and I want to hear that conversation. <laughs> I just want, like, like what, are those, what are they talking about? But, like, he was telling me that, like, the story that he tells is um, John Malkovich asked Charlie Day, like, hey, how's the acting going? And Charlie Day goes, yeah, I kind of had to sell my soul for a commercial. This is like way before, you know, everything. And Malkovich goes, you don't sell your soul, you rent your soul. And you get back, and, and like, if you sold your soul, you made a mistake. You're supposed to rent it and get it back every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of thing kind of like, it recentered me because when I heard that, I was like, oh, it's okay to work. I was working nine to five, you know, for a long time. And then I, I... I'm in the, a very fortunate space where, since I was in the military, I can focus on school. Like I, I can only do school. Yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, they cover the costs and like there's a lot of stuff and I coach, but there's a lot of things that like. Those little things that like do kind of like, oh man, am I doing too much? Am I changing myself? And it's like, no, you don't change yourself for anybody. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you but you do have to make sure that you are covering. All right, hey, I got these bills due. I got you know the bills don't care who you are. Exactly. They come. You know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know. I, I think going back to that, um, being able to, you know, like how you said you were you were in the military and now you have the time to actually focus on yeah. school. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't get to get to that point you know um and it's because people kind of get caught in that day-to-day uh of life where it's like Mm -hmm. it's a routine and how do you break your routine to have time to do what you want to do right and how do you have time to focus um i started off you know working a full-time job and doing this part-time and little by little you know you build yourself self up a little bit and pour into your own cup and that's kind of how you get to where you want in life right anything you want in life I will and, and that's it, it's funny because I would I was talking to my mom about it and I, I kind of noticed I got thrown in the deep end so I got COVID mm-hmm. January 1st of 2022 2021 or 2022 I don't remember I think it was 2022 and so I was in the hospital oh man like with COVID and I'm like watching the Rose Parade and I'm just like if I'm here during the Rose Bowl just fucking like, like if I'm here that long yeah that like it's like seven eight hours but I was good they let me go they gave me like you know antibiotics and stuff like that and so I uh I told my boss I was like yo I'm, I'm in the hospital like I'm I, I got COVID like and they're like okay cool whatever 
and the company that I was working for is based in Detroit. Mm -hmm. So they're not like local, local. Like we had a really small team of local people. They're all great. But we had, um, but the actual like hire was in uh, Detroit. And so I remember he called me one day and he was like, hey, uh, it seems like you haven't clocked in yet. Is everything okay? I'm like, I'm at home. Like I have COVID, like I'm sick. I put in my time. Like, And then he called me every single day for a week. Oh man. And I was like, yo, I'm not doing this anymore, man. I'll come in when I'm good. Mm -hmm. And shortly after that, they were like, yeah, you missed a week. <laughs> and so it was just kind of this thing. I'm like, you know what, fuck it, whatever. And right after that, I was kind of like, kind of lost and kind of like didn't know what to do. Cause this is a really big company. And I was like, man, what do I do now? And I was like, fuck it, I'm going back to school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, if I treat this like my full-time job, I can do well in this. And I was taking music business courses. And after a while, I was like, I, I saw that I was doing more business than music. I'm like, yo, I just, I took a class. It was, at, it was a American music survey. <laughs> Bro, we just talked about jazz for like six <laughs> weeks. It was great. I love that class. We just talked about American music. Yeah. And I was like, give me that. Like, <laughs> but after all that, I was like, yo, I don't have this passion for like the business side. Like the, when it comes to the business side of music, business, mm -hmm. like I want to help artists get to where they want to go. Like I don't want to hit you with 360 deals yeah. and think about royalties and so I switched it my mom just like I don't know where my mom and my girlfriend now she goes like they both like separately we're both like you know what you've been coaching a lot I think you make a great teacher mm -hmm. I was like alright and I started taking teaching courses and it was crazy so many of my friends were like like one of my guys from back home I grew up in Hawaii in uh, Hawaii and one of my friends he hits me up and he's like yo, man, like, I just started as a teacher, and then someone else I've been with here, Andre, he's like, oh, man, you know, we're starting to teach again, and I'm like, oh, maybe this is the thing, and I was talking to my girlfriend about it, because I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do anything forever, like, I really want, you know, I have this dream, like, a venue and all these different things, and she goes, and uh, my girlfriend's friend, actually, she goes, yeah, but, like, what are you going to pay for that venue with? I'm like, what do you mean? She's mm -hmm. like, the venue doesn't pay for itself. She's like, I've had this venue for, you know, I, I forgot how long, and she's like, and, like, it's starting to, you know, kind of, yeah. like, be worth it. She's like, you have to, you know, cover yourself in the meantime. And I was like, I, again, just, like, hit me. I was like, you know what? You don't, what you do does not define who you are. Exactly. And I think that's the thing is, like, I think a lot of us get so caught up in, like, damn, I don't want to do, like, everyone does headshots and everyone <laughs> does, you know. And then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, but I can do what I want to do. Exactly. Because I got floated through this time, you know. Exactly. I, you know, you you brought up a lot of good things. Um, first thing, you know, I, I think there having gratitude with wherever you're at in life, right? So yeah. if you're working the nine to five, or if you are fortunate enough to follow your passions, right? Being able to have gratitude for where you're at and saying like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm working a nine to five, but at least my bills are covered." You know, it yeah. might not be what, what I want out of life, but, you know, when you can say, like, oh, I'm not struggling for my next meal, yeah, that's something that's very, very fortunate. Oh, I've been um, there. It's not fun. Yeah, it's not It's, it's not, not fun, fun dude. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's never a fun thing. All these rappers, they talk about the struggle after they got out of the exactly, struggle, bro. Like, right? And it's like... <laughs> like, push a T, not selling cocaine no more, dog. He doesn't have to. <laughs> exactly. It's like what J. Cole said, you know, let's hear more about you being a broke rapper, right? Because that's, that's what's real. That's what most people relate to. Um, when you find what you're passionate about, you know, like how you said, um, you know, you had teaching or you found teaching and coaching, um, 
life kind of finds a way to put those opportunities in front of you, yeah. especially like when you're really working towards it, right? Because I mean, when your passion, passion plus active work, man, that's an unstoppable force. People yeah, see that really and they're is. like, okay, I want to, I want to put what I'm doing behind this person just based off of the interest of where you might. End and up. it's just nailing that opportunity. So mm-hmm. I started coaching when I first got out of the army and moved back to Arizona. And it's funny, I wasn't even thinking about moving to Arizona. Me and my family had crazy beef at the time, mm-hmm. and um, I was like. I can't even tell you how close I was to moving just back to Hawaii. And I was like, yo, I'll risk it. I got, friend, I got like, two friends out there that might be able to help me out. Like, I'll risk it. Like, I'm not, you know. And my mom convinced me. She goes, listen, come back. We'll help. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get everything straight. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. So I moved back, and I was like, hey, I kind of want to move out and go to, like, go to my own thing. And it just fell apart so fast. I yeah. didn't prepare for it at all. It just completely <laughs> fell apart. My mom's like, listen. Come home, we'll fix everything. And she's like, I'm not gonna like, you know, I'm not gonna like prop you up necessarily, but all those issues that you have, we'll fix, you know, we'll, the, the family will fix them together. And we pretty much have, you know, there's still just like family stuff. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know, but um, I was coaching when I was in Tempe mm-hmm. when I moved, when I lived there. And um, that coaching, when I moved back up to where I live now, I, you know, I was still coaching back and forth and I saw somebody, I was at the gym and I saw somebody wearing, you know, the high school that I coach at, you know, track and field. And I was like, yo, do you guys like, you know, what's up with your coaching? Like, who, who's your coach now? You know, I just want to see. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you know, well, you know, we had this guy, but he left. And so now we have this other person and he seems okay. And a couple years later, you know, that was like last year. And then a year later I go and um, I see my old coach. Mm. I was like, yo, how you been? He's <laughs> like, oh man, I didn't know you were back. And he's like, yeah, you know, we don't have a hurdle coach anymore. Our guy retired. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you should go check it out. So I go up to the track and um, the, and like, they're kind of like nervous about me. They're like, hey man, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, and one guy, like he thinks that he recognizes me because I look way different from high school. <laughs> Like, the beard, the hair, the tattoo. Oh, yeah. I've I've been lifting a lot since high school, you know? So, like, and um, he's kind of looking at me, and he, like, kind of, I think he thinks he knows who I am. And the other person goes, hey, excuse me, like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, dude. I'm like, oh, yo, I'm like, you don't recognize me, huh? And he's like, and he says, like, Braven? Like, what's up, bro? And he's like, oh, dude, I didn't know you were back. I'm like, hey, man, heard you don't have a hurdle coach. And and that's what I, I, like, try to tell people is, like, this didn't happen overnight. This was these were seeds planted years ago. Yeah. That like I moved back to Arizona and then I started coaching and then after that like I knew he was my teammate from high school. Exactly. And he knew me like personally and the other guy the other coach he like settled like he he kind of like eased up because when he recognized me he's like oh yeah because he was my coach and so there's all these things coming together and I'm like guys this is why you can't rush it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we try so hard I did. To like just rush through things and it's like no, there's steps to this. Don't skip steps. Exactly. Um, you know, it's a it, it's a time commitment. Um, anything that's worth having in life is a time commitment. Yeah. I I think in this day and age, we're we're used to instant gratification, right? Where we have everything pretty much at our fingertips. We we live in a very connected age. We have DoorDash, Instagram, Facebook, and all this other stuff, yeah. right? Um, but if you look at success and people who, who go through it, um, it's never it's never a uh, 
oh, it just happened, right? There, it, I shouldn't say that. There, there are cases, but it's a very rare case where it's like, oh, somebody just blows up overnight, right? Um, it does happen, but for most people who are successful, it's a long, drawn-out, arduous process. Well, and then you look on Spotify, and you're like, oh, he was making <laughs> music in 2017? Yeah. You know, and it was just exactly. like, it just, th- this was just the song that did it, you know? The song that, that put over, right? Yeah. And it's like, um, I heard a saying, you know, it takes years to be an overnight celebrity, yeah. right? Yeah, um, I heard that. And, you know, you never know what's going to push you over that edge, but if you're working towards that, you're giving yourself more chances to be pushed over that edge. That was one thing that I didn't think that podcasting would be anything. And it's gotten to the point now where this is like such a good connection of people, but I do enjoy it. I didn't know that I would enjoy yeah. it. I just was like, it was me and my friend during COVID. I was like, yo, we should do a podcast. And like, I found a mic for like 60 bucks at Best Buy, this one, you know, I just went to a Best Buy and I was like, cause I heard that mics were cheap and yeah. I was thinking about doing like streaming and YouTubing and stuff. And I was like, oh, that might be fun. And now, like, this is episode, like, 59, I think. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. You know, and I'm just, like, thinking, I'm like, yo, how many cool people? I haven't talked to people from all over the country and just, like, <laughs> you know, like, and it's just, like, oh, man, this got me to Fashion Week because literally Carlos was, like, I saw Carlos, like, he gave me a shirt. He's, like, hey, if you follow my, my brand, I'll give you a free shirt. <laughs> and I was doing a podcast with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, I'll take your, I was, like, I was, like, yo, fuck a free shirt. Let me get your information. Let's do a podcast. Let me start a podcast. Yeah. And, like, it, that was the thing. And I was like, guys, it's there's so many, like, little things that people don't realize that get you to that point. Exactly. You know, for me, photography was never, like, a – it was never going to be something that I was going to do. I, You know, for me, ho- uh, photography was just a hobby. It's like, oh, I like to go out and take pictures on my free time and, and you know, go outside, right? But all of a sudden, you know – Somebody saw some work, like, hey, you mind taking photos for me? Yeah. That kind of led to another person, another person, and that's kind of how you, how everything kind of started, and that's how my photography career started. And I think it's interesting that, especially with the internet, it's so much, It on one hand, it's easier to get out there, mm-hmm. but you also have to contend with the noise. And so what I tell people is, you know, if you're going to do something like that, like as an artist, especially since I do coach, and since yeah. I talk, you know, I talk to kids, I'm like, you have to, what's different? Like what, and it can't be, you know, I, I love music and I, I'm like in the process of writing some and, and I'm like, it can't be face tattoos and dyed hair anymore, man. Yeah. That like what it's, you got to have substance. You got to have something like that goes with all this, you know. There's a really good book um, and I actually give it out at Phoenix Fashion Week um, called The Purple Cow, um, right? So... The premise of the book is you're driving through a field, right? And all you see is brown cows, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're driving along, you see a purple cow. Which cow is going to catch your attention? Right. Obviously, the, the purple cow. Um, so how do you become a purple cow within your own whatever you're trying to do? How do yeah. you stand out? How do you, how do you do something that's so different against the crowd versus what you're doing right. that people are like, yeah, I need to see what they're doing you know I, I i need to they're piquing my interest what, what's going on over here right it's and it's never like something big it doesn't, you don't have to do something ostentatious and you know do something crazy maybe it's just how you interact with people you know what i've noticed that's actually really interesting is um this is gonna sound so cheesy and so like 1980s like saturday morning cartoon <laughs> shit but like 
being yourself mm-hmm. will take you so much further than people think. Yeah. Because what I tell people is like, I know that I don't talk in the cleanest way. I know that there's a lot of stuff <laughs> like, oh, dude, my dad, I'm fourth generation military. You're lucky, I'm this, you're lucky at this level. And then I joined the army? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, of no, course, no, of no. course. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you, you guys are lucky. You guys are... Like, it, they're... There's sounds to me at this point. <laughs> you know, like, like it's got, it got to the point where it was just like, I knew it was bad when I was like calling inanimate objects, motherfucker. Like, like see, if I'm like, oh, like, come on, motherfucker, damn. You know, and I was talking to my brother the other day and I said something to him and I was like, and I thought about it, I did the math, I'm like, literally 50% of my words were swearing right there. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, dude, I'm not doing that dumbass fucking shit. And I looked and I did the math. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know what? To be honest, uh, photographers and the photography pits, whenever you see the event of photographers, that's all we're doing but is talking thing, shit. That's the thing. That's the thing that people don't... It's like, like, I know that that's not like a personality trait, but at the same time, like that directness and that just like... Yeah. The people who are off-put by that are the people who probably don't want to talk to you anyway. Like, the tattoos and, like... Exactly. You know, and if you're... Co- and the people that are cool with that, those are the people you should be bringing around and working with. You don't need the people who don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Literally. Um, you know, and you said about being yourself. Um, there's so much power in that, right? Of just... it's And it's not even about being yourself, but just being comfortable with being who you are, right? Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's a way better way to put it. Yeah, you know... I think a lot, this is something that a lot of people that I've noticed that go into business starting off, it's hard to kind of grasp this, but you're not supposed to have everything figured out. You're not. Dude, you're not. That, I wish I would have laughed on that when I was like 17, 17, 18. You know, like, the, I, I think when you don't have everything figured out, that's where you get to have the beautiful journey of what it is that you're doing, right? It's yeah. It's yeah. a crazy journey it's gonna knock you down it's gonna knock the shit out of you to be honest you yeah. know um but you know when you have that when you have that comfortability and you get to that point where it's like no I, i've gone through my own trial fire i can stand comfortably and say i am who i am i get to do what yeah. i want to do right you're comfortable with yourself um there's so much power in that you get power right there's and so much power in that people will treat you differently you know you walk in the room you don't for me, I still look at myself as like the calm. I look at myself as Clark Kent, right? I'm, I'm Clark <laughs> Kent with the glasses on, nerdy guy in the background, right? But then it's like I step into my field and all of a sudden it's Superman, right? You know, that's everybody. Dope. That's dope as shit. Man. Everybody's like, oh, I'm him, right? I'm not yeah. saying. I don't have to feel that way, right? I can be as meager as I want to do. As long as the work of what I'm putting out is good and it's up to my yeah. quality, who gives a shit? I'm comfortable. And I think there's power in that. So when, when the. When the kids first saw me coach, I had like, I think it was these glasses. So these <laughs> fuck the population glasses on. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea who I am, right? <laughs> I just roll up sunglasses on. Like, and if you've seen my son, my fuck the population glasses, they, I bought, I looked at them like, those are too much. <laughs> How much are they? 150? Done. Like, they're the silliest, most. They're like, like these gold ostentation oh glasses. Oh my God, dude. They, they, I have no business owning these. Like, these are the loudest, like, they, so dumb. And uh, my dog broke. Here's how much I love these. My dog broke them. Mm-hmm. And I went out and I got them fixed for as much as the glasses cost. Oh, and man. I was like, worth it. <laughs> you know? 
But uh, I roll up with that, and like they all they see is like you know the tattoos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I wasn't allowed to like I, I wasn't. I don't want to say I wasn't allowed. They wanted me to just watch for the first, for the first few practices. Like they didn't want me to like jump in with anything yet because it was so early in the season. So they're just like, hey, we have kids that like have just shown up. This is like the first week of practice. You know, the guys from from last year don't know who you are. And the guys that from this year that don't know who you are, they don't know who we are. Yep. So, like, just watch for a few days. I'm like, cool, too easy. That, you know, no <laughs> deal. And one of the kids at the end of the year comes up to me and he goes, Coach, I thought you were scary. And, like, part <laughs> of me is like, the fuck? Right. <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, man, I thought that you were going to be, like, this super strict. And I'm, like, thinking, like, yo, am I, am I a pushover? He's like, but you ended up being, like, a really, really cool dude. He's like, I didn't expect that somebody, like... You know that that looked like you, and like, is there is that problematic? Yeah, probably. You know, yeah. to to be like that. But at the same time, like when you're 17, you're gonna say shit that like. Oh. And I think that was the thing is just like being myself and not wanting to change for them. Like, there, how many times have you seen it where somebody like completely switches up how they are for whatever group they're in? Exactly. And that was my thing that I try to tell people is like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And you don't have to like. You know. Getting to that point of, of being comfortable, right? Um, you really do have... It, it gives you leverage at that point, right? Because you can go... If you're comfortable sitting in front of a group of kids, right? And they instantly build that connection with you. You're going to reach those kids so much quicker yeah. than if... You know, they're like, oh, I don't really know if I can... Trust him because I don't. I don't really know if he's being himself, right? Yeah. Um, People can read it. They can't always like verbalize it, but they can tell when like, oh, he doesn't believe what he's saying, right? Exactly. Now. And that's uh, that's where you have to get to, right? That that point of where it's like, yeah, I'm so comfortable, right? When I get in front of a camera and I'm doing photography, right? I have to instantly build a connection with somebody. Somebody, you know, sometimes it's somebody who's never been in front of a camera before. Yeah. Right? They're all of their nervousness and all of their fear, right? It's like, oh, I'm not sure what I need to do. I'm not sure how to pose. And it's like, hey, relax. You've got me. Yeah. I'm here. So when I was in the Army, they called it a subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, I was, I was doing some class. And I was like, I had to do something about like the structure of the military like of like Ireland or some shit mm-hmm. and he go and I was talking to my, to my instructor and I was like Sergeant I don't know shit about Ireland <laughs> and he just kind of looks at me and he goes neither do we private I was like what and he goes <laughs> how much research have you done on this I'm like I don't know probably about a week's worth he's like, and he calls out to one of his guys like hey Jackson how much research you done on Ireland he's like I don't know shit about Ireland and he's like you're the subject matter expert Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like it blew my mind. He's like, dude, the research that you've done on this is more than the research that we've done on this. And honestly, if someone could tell you differently, yep. we'd have him do the fucking promotion. <laughs> we'd let you the presentation, not you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know? right? You know, you get to that point where it's like you have your moments of where you you are the person, right? Yeah. And you know, I'm pretty sure with you being in the military. Um, you know, there, there are going to be points where people are going to look to you and it's like, I don't know what's going to happen next and I need some sort of direction and you're the you're the point person, right? You've got to yeah. lead. Um, Even if you have like no like qualifications, you're just like, <laughs> you're the guy and you're like, all right, well. I remember, uh, here we go. <laughs> I remember in Phoenix, uh, during Phoenix Fashion Week, um, 
during there was one point where we were trying to figure out something to do with uh, the media but it was a big problem and we had been there working on it for like a couple hours and the girl that was working with me I remember she looked at me and this is kind of when I, I knew that I was like kind of being looked at as the leader right because it's like I, I didn't know I was like hey we're all in this together we're all in this again that's my mentality right and then she looks at me she's like okay I don't know just tell me what I need to do right and it was at that moment where I, the light went off where it's like okay you got to take control of this right mm-hmm. um, whether whether you want to uh, or whether you feel like you should you know people are looking at you for this right so you need to kind of man up take reins and just give some sort of direction you know if it's not you, then who else will it be? Right, yo, yeah. You know, and sometimes when it when it becomes like that sense of urgency of if I'm not going to do it, who else around me will? You know, that can dictate a lot of what what happens for you. You know, being stepping up to the the plate and stepping up to the plate and realizing that if you don't get a hit, somebody else might. You know, because like let's say let's say that that went bad. Yeah, the media went bad. They would somebody else would have been like, "What the fuck is this?" And honestly, and, and also like, I was talking to somebody one time, and I was like, "Honestly, what's the worst that can happen?" <laughs> like, if with like ninety nine percent of jobs, mm-hmm. the worst that can happen is that you're gonna get yelled at. Yeah, <laughs> you might get fired. That's pretty bad. Like, you might get fired, but like with most jobs, it's not gonna be like, dude, you like, like somebody's life is in danger. Most jobs are gonna be like. Why are the computers on, man? What the fuck? You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, you brought up a good point, right? It's like, how often do we make life or death situations out of problems that are probably not worth our time in the next 20 minutes, right? That's one issue that I've seen <laughs> with being a veteran is that, like, there's so many things that are like, what? Like, I remember we had a huge, bro, this is how many, okay, in one week, mm-hmm. I had 100 hours or one paycheck. 100 hours of overtime. Jeez. Of overtime. That's crazy. It's Dog. So... I bought an Xbox for that one. <laughs> oh, I would have too. <laughs> Someone's like, yo, what are you going to do with this money? And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, buying Xbox. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm... Yo, I bought an Xbox and I paid off debts. And I was like, we good, bro. I would have bought a bottle of whiskey with it too, but that's just me. Like, uh, no, I think, oh, so, the, so I lived up north and I had it and I was working downtown. This is the same job, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the one that, uh, the COVID thing. I was working downtown it got so busy. I just got in a hotel for the week. Oh, man. Yeah? <laughs> Dog. It was like, because it's like, I live about like 20 and 30 minutes from here. Mm-hmm. But I would like get there at 6, man. get off at 9. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get home at about 9 or 10, maybe like 9 or 10. And I'm going to have to leave at like 5, which means I have to be up at 4. Fuck that. I'm not doing that. And I just got a hotel down there. But um, there were so many things that he's like, yeah, this is really important. And, and like, I'm like, for who? Yeah. <laughs> for who? <laughs> we could have done this, like, because there was one, at one point, everyone got sent home for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the building. There was a COVID outbreak. Why the fuck didn't we get sent home? Whatever. But, like, <laughs> there's a COVID outbreak. So, like, everybody got sent home for two weeks. And we were like, hey, now's the perfect time to do this massive project where we got to install computers on three floors. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, we're not sure if we have the okay to do that. And then <laughs> we got the okay to do that, and everybody was there. And I was like, dude, you fucked this up. 
because we could have just and that was the thing about like you know in the, about being in the army and being a soldier it's like is anybody's life in the life limb or eyesight that's what they used to say yeah. hey, anybody have any uh, damage to life limb or eyesight no all right cool like, no hearing involved, if you notice. <laughs> right. Life, labor, eyesight. That's exactly. it. That's all exactly. I give a shit about. But, and, and so, like, one thing that I've had to learn is, like, hey, this is, everything's important to somebody. Mm-hmm. So, that was actually an issue that I had with somebody um, close to me is that I went out to see a friend of mine who I met, again, I met on, you know, she, she has, like, a, like, kind of a spirituality thing. Mm-hmm. And I met her, and she's from the UK, and she moved to America, mm-hmm. and she happened to be in Phoenix. And she's like, hey, I'm in Phoenix if you want to hang out. And at that time, I was up in Prescott because mm-hmm. I had an appointment, like a VA appointment. So I'm up in Prescott and I was having lunch with my auntie. And then she's like, hey, do you want to meet up? Like, you know, I haven't seen, you know, it would be a cool, like, first meeting. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And meanwhile, this person, I didn't know that they were waiting for me to, like, hang out with them. Because, yeah. like, you know, my, I don't want to get too into it. But, like, we, we, like, hang out every, you know, like, every night and every, every night and we we're, like, watching wrestling together. Yeah. And so I didn't know that he wanted me to like hang out. And I mentioned like, Hey man, I'm kind of busy today. Like, you know, I'm sorry. And the thing is to me, I was like, Oh, he doesn't really like this show that much anyway, but it was about the time. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn like, Oh, the time is what, you know? Yeah. Now with this once in a, you know, that that's never going to happen again where I'm like up and pressing. But it was the thing where I was like, you know what? I could have given him a bigger heads up. I could have, you know, I could have said something like that. And that, but everything matters to somebody even when you're like, this is fucking dumb, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know what? That's a good point, right? There's, um, because everything does matter to somebody. Um, and you see a lot of people um, that kind of go through this, right? You mm-hmm. see, like, these caring situations where people are deeply passionate about um, things that's, like, not that big of a deal, but it's they're passionate about it, right? Um, thinking about... It is possible to have misplaced passion. We will say that. <laughs> thinking about that, right? What drives somebody to go, like, to that point of, like, yeah. man, I'm so deeply involved into this that, like, I can't see past it, right? So, like, passion could be a limiting thing where it's, like, I'm so involved in it, I become selfish about what I care about because I'm so passionate about it, yeah. or passion becomes, like, on the other side, where it's, like, you're giving because yeah. of your passion, right? Um, where do you fall in, into that, right? And which is your... <laughs> what? How much time do you give up in terms of good passion towards bad passion? I guess that's the point I'm trying to make on that. No, and, and it's a good point to make because I think that misplaced passion... I think we're starting to see it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like, you were, you were talking about the Karens, and I think when you see, like, somebody... I, I just saw... I try not to look at this stuff because it just pisses me off, and I don't, like, piss myself off. <laughs> you know? I got plenty of things that I'm passionate about that'll piss me off. I don't need another <laughs> one. But, you know, you'll see people, and, like... Like, I remember... I, I saw a video, and there was this guy who was, like, harassing somebody because she wouldn't take her hat off inside. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that is misplaced passion. But I remember when I was still going to church, there was a guy who was like, he said something really interesting. He's like, this isn't the country I fought for. Now, as a black man, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, the country that you fought for kind of sucked, though. <laughs> like, like, that country yeah. blows, dude. Like, <laughs> you're from Texas in the oh, 30s. Man. 
Yeah, that's probably the worst. Yeah, part man, you're more like 38. You're from Texas. I don't want to live in that. But like, when you see that passion, when you understand, like, oh, okay, even though you're wrong, I understand why you feel this way. And I think that's one thing I've been trying to do is like, I be, being able to disagree while still being able to like see the perspective because if you drop somebody from that time into today, yeah, there might be things where they're like, well, this is different. Mm-hmm. But, and this is going back to what you were saying earlier, it's kind of your fault for not evolving, dude. Yeah. You have to evolve with it. Exactly. Um, you know, you, if you think about, like, compassion, right? What is the root word of compassion? Passion. Right. Right? People are, are when you show people compassion, it's very easy to fall into the good level of, of passion yeah. work, right? Um but at the same time, you know, you have people that use other people's passion to their yeah. own, uh, to the detriment of other people. Like, we talk about politics. Um, you know, you see people who are like, oh, man, this is not the country that I fought for, right? But it's like, this country is evolving. Right. And it's going to change. It's always going to change. There's people that are going to be passionate about what they want out of life in this country. And you see people that fight for it every single day in terms of, um, you know, trying to move things up for the next level in terms of, like, supporting small businesses, supporting schools and things like that. Um, You know, really putting fundamentals behind those kinds of people. I think that's really uh, the best way to kind of show passion in a good way. And I think a lot of people get twisted on passion, too, because... Being pro is not always being anti. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I posted this a while ago, and it's, I don't know where it was. Afropunk posted it too. I'm not saying that they got it from me or anything, but like it's a fairly common post. You see it like every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Usually you see it around election time. But it says uh, pro black, pro brown, pro gay, pro trans, pro ho. And I was like, yeah, I'm with all that. Like, I'm, like yeah, that's yeah. cool. Like, I'm with, or pro-weed. Like, pro-weed was in there. And I was like, I'm really with that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean anti this, anti that. Like, and, but when it does, that's when that passion has to be in the right place. Like, there is no room between, like, if I say I'm pro-black and there's somebody else who's like, well, can we compromise on that? Like, there's nothing stop killing people, man. Like, then that's the compromise. Like, and. You know, I, I think that when people understand that these are all separate things, right? Being pro something doesn't mean that you're anti something. Yeah. Um, for me, right? I'm pro police reform, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's a very polarizing statement. But mm-hmm. then I'm also for pro police, right? And here's the fundamental fundamental of that, right? I support police reform because it gives us better police officers. Right, but I also support the police officers because I still live in the society. So it's I can be pro two pros of the same thing, but then also not be anti. Well, that seemingly don't go with each other. Exactly. Because I think that's one thing that you know it's very interesting. That that's been a question that it's like because for me I'm like I don't know how you reform at this point. I think there's so many things that like just at the root of what the police were. When, like, like in, in America, just, like, slave catchers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you reform from that? But the thing is, and this is the, the, the problem that I, th- I think a lot of people don't really see is, like... And I'm saying this as a former soldier, so there is a little bit of, like, 
hypocrisy about like, well, you were part of the establishment too. I'm like, I know, but most people don't hate the individuals Mm -hmm. of anything. Most people hate what that represents. Yeah. Most people, I know a few cops at like at the gym that I go to, they're okay with me. Yeah. They're cool. They said some things are like, that's kind of sketchy. <laughs> but, like, for the most part, most people don't hate Officer Brown or whoever it is. But it's just that when you kind of make yourself that faceless entity that is just like, I think that's what people really. And my thing with that is like, kind of what you're saying earlier that how do you fight McDonald's and how do you fight gentrification? How do you fight Airbnb and how do you fight all these huge things? Mm-hmm. You go to like that corner burger shop. Exactly. You know, you that's how you do these things. That's how you fight these things. And I think that's one reason why I wanted to support local so much more. Would I love to get an interview with fucking Kevin Durant? Yeah. Yes. He His podcast is so fucking funny because he just says, like, whatever he thinks about. And he's just like, I'm going to hear shit about that, whatever. And he'll <laughs> argue with people on Twitter. And I'm like, that's the kind of energy I yeah. want. But to me, it's so much more interesting to hear RJ's story. Exactly. Because you know? I want that local... Wherever local is, if I go back to Hawaii, if I move, you know, to wherever, just like wherever local is. And that step gets skipped, especially in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Phoenix wants to be L.A. so bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. And what people don't realize <laughs> is that L.A. had to become L.A. Exactly. You know, like, it's relatively new. It was like in the third, like before Hollywood, like before they realized it was cheap land. No. It was fucking oil fields, exactly. man. Like, it's like, that's what it was. Like. Before New York was a thing, it was a fucking swamp, bro. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that, like, people try to make Phoenix L.A. Because I... I, that's I what, love L.A., by the I, way. I love, I love L.A. Nothing nothing against L.A. I love L.A., too. It's a beautiful city. But, man, right? There's so... We don't I, need another one, bro. I want Phoenix to be the first Phoenix, right? What do you think... What do you see in Phoenix? Because I think... My old comparison was Vegas, but I think Vegas is a little bit too event-centric. I don't think Phoenix will be like Vegas in that sense. Um, you know, I, I used to think that this was a retirement kind state. of is, though. <laughs> you know, that that's really where where I used to think. Loki um, Tucson has a lot coming out of it, but people don't talk about that. Tucson, yeah, Tucson is up and coming. Yeah. Um, but you know. Here's the thing. Arizona has, we've had so much of an influx since uh, 2020. Um, we could be an IT capital, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We could be a Silicon Valley uh, with everything going on in Chandler. Um, we could be a fashion capital, you know, with everything coming out of Scott. You, you really think so? Um, I think so. I mean, there, okay. there's, That's a, interesting. there's a lot of talented designers that are coming out of the local fashion programs. Um, okay. That's interesting. There, that there are. Uh, we have, we actually have a fair number of structured fashion events going on. Um, you know, I, I think we actually have more organized events that are organized compared to L.A., um, which is kind of crazy. L.A. Fashion Week uh, can sometimes be a little hectic. Um, well, when you think Fashion Week, you think... New York, for sure. Mm-hmm. New York, listen, man, there's only one New York. <laughs> exactly. There's only one New York, all right? Like, Philly and Boston realized that a long time ago. Yeah. Like, there's only one New York, right? <laughs> but outside of that, you think New York Fashion Week, Milan, for sure. Milan. 
Tokyo. I've been seeing more of Tokyo recently. Yeah. And I've been seeing um, Paris. Paris. Paris and Milan are kind of weird because they almost do the same thing, mm-hmm. kind of. So I, that one's interesting because, like, and I've heard people say, like, well, what about London Fashion Week? And Paris and Milan are like, relax, all right? <laughs> you <know>? Exactly. <laughs> Chill out, all right? Like, we're, we're, you know, it's you like, guys are wearing pea coats because it rains every day. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Right? It's like Idaho Fashion Week. No offense to Idaho. I mean, but like, y'all might have some fire stuff up there. We it, don't know. It, it, <laughs> we don't I, know. I, I'm not saying that it's that there's not fashion coming out of these places or anything like that. Right. It's just, um, you know, it takes a lot to build up to that point. It does. Um, it yeah. really, really does. Any any event, any any major production, right? Um, or anything in general, right? It's it's that yeah. time effort, right? You, you plant a seed. And then you watch it grow, and you continue to water it every single day. Um, I think that's what Arizona needs more, is just planting the seeds that we have here. Yeah, that, um, I, yes. Yeah, I'm totally with you. With how much talent, like, sports-wise, mm-hmm. with with how much talent was coming out of, like, Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> as far as, like, Arizona basketball, like, Arizona State. Football. And, um, like, your, college, your high school should be up there. Yeah. Why? And, I mean, that's a whole other discussion about, like, I hate that people are, like, transferring in high school. Mm-hmm. The idea that, like, that you can, like, be a free agent in high school, on one hand, I think is great for the players. On the other hand, like, where's your Derrick Rose? Mm-hmm. The guy that was, like, from Chicago, played in Chicago. You know, like, it, you don't, like, Phoenix doesn't have anybody that they rally around. Exactly. Really um, in anything. They don't have that guy who, like, oh, this is our guy. They don't have that. You know, and you see it every couple years. You know, the Suns, um, right now it's Devin Booker, before it's Steve Nash. Um, yeah, and but even, like, on a bigger scale, like, when you go to... So my family's from Chicago, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I was in Chicago not too long ago, and it hit me, like, like there are buildings here that have been... Like, this water pump is older than the city of Phoenix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's stuff like that. But when you go to Chicago, it has a very distinct identity. And then when you go to certain places, you'll see like graffiti, and it's like, oh, who did I see a lot? Like I, there was still some Kanye, but like you'll see like you know this is our guy. Like we all ride for exactly. like everyone listens to this guy in music. Or, no, it was it was Jordan. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh yeah. There were so many Jordans. So, Jordan shorts, Jordan shirts, exactly. Jordan hats. Or, Jordan hats, bro. Who's wearing yeah. Jordan hats? Whatever. Jordan <laughs> shoes, Jordan socks, Jordan like people Jordan on like. That's like everybody had Jordan something. There's like three Jordan stores that I walk by. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's Phoenix is that? And it doesn't even have to be like a, a, an actor or anything like that. Like Cold Stone started in Phoenix. Yeah. I should see a Cold Stone on every fucking corner. Like that's what you would think, you know? You would think, right? Um, you would think Cold Stone? Cold Stone's fire, too. Lincoln I love Park. Cold Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Park. You think uh, Chester Bennington was from, uh, that's right. yeah. from Chandler. Um, you know, you think that... There, there's people that come out of here. Jordan Sparks is from here. Yeah, my, I knew her cousin. Yeah. Her co- yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that cousin. Yeah, the one who's, who uh, I think is, uh, yeah, he, he did some stuff. Yeah, he, he went to high school with my brother. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, so there's people that come out of here. And even before that, Stevie Nicks from yeah. Lego Mac, she's from here. Like, man. Yeah. Um, I think she still lives here. That's another person. Stevie Nicks, if you ever find this, I want to talk to you so bad. Like Jimmy Jimmy Eats World. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're from here. Um, and you just don't... But, like, I don't know why the... 
why the, the support isn't there for your own. You know, I, I don't know. I, I Maybe it's the heat, because that, that's, that's definitely one of those things where it's like, Phoenix has the potential, right? You know, yeah. to be right there as what... Honestly, I, I could attribute, like, Phoenix becoming something like an Atlanta... That's what I was thinking too. A Seattle, yeah, Seattle. like a Philly, like somewhere yeah. where it's not like you're not you're not LA or New York, but like Atlanta in terms of like what's going on in Atlanta in terms of production, in terms of um, fashion, in terms of business growth. Um, that's a really big hub. Uh, I think Phoenix can can be like that. I thought of Seattle, like culturally. Yeah. I thought um, of Seattle, of like you know, because Seattle has like grunge, and yeah. then they have like the tech boom, and like they're known for like coffee and stuff like but, that. I don't know. I, I think Arizona has its own, its own like unique culture, right? Where it's like, it's not necessarily California. It's not necessarily like Texas. Okay. But... What I say is, uh, if California and Texas had a baby, had two babies, <laughs> yeah. California got custody of Colorado, <laughs> and Texas got custody of Arizona, and we don't really talk about Utah or New Mexico, yeah. <laughs> like. Like, you know, Utah went and got religious, and New Mexico went and got, like, super spiritual. Like, exactly. you know, that's how, like, that's basically how, like, Pretty the much. West is, like, the Southwest. Oh, like, man, that's I, I love that. Yeah, especially the Colorado and California thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they might as well be the same place. <laughs> Literally. And you're never going to compete with L.A. Or, New- or San Francisco. And it's because, like, they got water, dog. Yeah. You're not going to compete <laughs> with the beach. beach. You can't. I'm from Hawaii. Like, you know how many times, like... <laughs> no, because you know what, like when I was stationed in Virginia, like you want to go to the beach? I'm like, I'm from fucking Hawaii, man. In, I'll go to the shoreline exactly. with you, but like this isn't a beach, dog. The most Why? we have is like a lake. It's like you, know, you want to go ahead, hang out at the lake. I thought that rave culture was actually gonna be way bigger here. I think that has a chance with like decadence and um, I all those. You know, I, I, I thought, thought that had a chance. I thought we would have. I think we have the potential to have like a huge music scene out here. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, that's, but I, I feel like we need to have that breakout artist, right? Especially where I think we need it is like within hip hop, right? We've had, we've had people that have gotten some Injury sort of, reserve. They're from Tempe. Uh, Willie North Pole. Okay. Yeah. yeah, everybody forgets about Willie North Pole. Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> But I thought, the reason why I thought that EDM would, because EDM goes further. Mm-hmm. And actually, what I'm really surprised is um, we don't have a Bad Bunny here. Yeah. I, I really thought that, like, an EDM kind of, like, Bad Bunny dude, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Because EDM goes far. The Latin... People keep sleeping on how big the Latin music scene is. It's like, it's yo, huge. it's, it's like, half of North America, all well, of South, South America. America. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that would be the one. I'm like, yo, if there's, like, a big, like, EDM artist, a big producer, like, from here... You would think. I, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I think... What I notice is that there's there's a lot of people don't really rally behind like artists like that here. Right? I know. You know, you don't see like the the sure when they, they have concerts and events and stuff like that, but it's like I've never seen like local artists no, get promoted never. like I've, that. I've I've only seen two sellout concerts here in my life. Mm-hmm. Death Grips, which is weird. <laughs> it was weird that Death Grips sold out. I was so mad I was like, Death Grips sold out? Oh, and now, oh. I liked them. like all oh, the music nerds showed up for Death Grips. All right. And then uh, St. John, the second time he rolled through, he sold out. Mm. But it was, um, but yeah, they don't really yeah. rally around it. And but 
I don't I don't think it's just necessarily like at the local level. I think more so it's just very Arizona makes it very difficult for artists to uh, promote like that and come out there, yeah. come out here like that. Um, I think another one too is um, the reason why certain cities have that creative pedigree mm. is because when you're in Arizona, who are you chasing? Yeah. If you're a kid from LA and you want to be a producer, you're chasing Dr. Dre. Oh yeah. New York and you want to be a rapper, you're chasing Jay Z. Exactly. In Arizona, who are you chasing? Very true. You know, um, I guess that's why we have such a great golf scene. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, man, let's not disrespect the way it's been You know what? Hey, I'm not hey, going to lie. I thought that that was dumb, and I was, like, I was like, yo, I'm not going to some dumb frat boy shit. And I it is dumb frat boy shit. Let me just say that. At the same time... It's the most fun. It's so much fun, dude. <laughs> oh, man. I was, I'm like, oh, I... I don't belong over here getting all dressed up and hoity-toity. I'm like, yeah. I'm a... I thought it was dumb because, like, I walked in there with my weed pen and no one fucking said a <laughs> word. And I was like, oh, we're just getting high and walking around watching golf? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can do this shit. This is great. Yeah, no, I'm in. Like, uh, me and my friends, uh, we'll get the drink tickets, right? So you, if you oh, get, a, get a package, right? They give you these yeah. little drink tickets and it's like, you get like something like ten free drinks or something like that. Crazy. Uh, so I'm like, all right. In the sun. In the sun, right? <laughs> and every every Phoenix Open, I try to get through all ten. I've never made it through. I, the highest I think I've gotten is through seven drinks. They they pour heavy. Seven there. drinks is crazy. <laughs> they though. pour heavy there, and I was like, I was done after that. I was sitting in the car, just like, oh, yep, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you're seeing like quadruple. You're like, oh, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah, that was a challenge. Uh, but man, Phoenix Open is fun. That's to me like embrace that weird shit. Yeah. Embrace that super goofy. Like the same way that San Diego doesn't want to be LA mm-hmm. and that San Francisco doesn't want to be LA. Phoenix are like, yo, stop. Fuck this beat LA shit. Do something yeah. so fucking off the wall. That's like when, when Cobra was really popping. I know somebody who used to manage Cobra, so. When Cobra like first came out, I was like, "That's perfect." Yeah, Cobra. And then when nobody else did anything around him, I was like, "What are we doing, guys?" Like, yeah, so much. That I remember when Cobra first opened up. Too. It was dope. Dude. Oh my it gosh! So and I thought that whole area, like that whole area, was going to be like a downtown entertainment district yeah. right there. That was like a perfect spot for it. So, dude, I know. And it's like right off the light rail. And Champagne Lanes is. I, I've been in there once. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems alright, but. It's okay. I mean, there's there's a the taco spot that's right there too. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, they're good hangout spots and stuff like that. But like, I can see that as a club district right there. Yeah, Valley Bar is kind of cool. Valley Bar is right there. Uh, Bitter and Twisted's over there too. I've been there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you need to go to Bitter and Twisted. That is, <laughs> my recommendation of a bar, Bitter and Twisted. I've heard good things about it. I just uh, haven't been there yet. Yeah. Um, Joe Bot, that's actually like I was at Joe Bot. Oh, oh my god! Oh yeah! So much. I, would, I would just go there and like work on shit, and then after a while, I was like, "Oh, this place is kind of great." You know? <laughs> they had these. Yo, they don't make them anymore because the they got a new chef. They had these. I actually uh, interviewed like the managers there. Mm-hmm. Osmar, shout out to Osmar and uh, Pablo. But um, I'm not Osmar. Uh, Jaz- Yasmir, my my homie from Alaska is Osmar. Shout out to uh, Jasmine and Pablo. Shout out to y'all. I haven't seen y'all in a while. I might roll through this week. I'm not sure. <laughs> um. But now they had these ribs, dude. Oh my god! Oh, it was these like these Chinese five spice ribs, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yo, who the fuck is that? They're making these ribs? Like these are." 
Like, and the noodles were good, too. They're like, hey, that's 1750. I'm like, throw the fucking Mexican soda, too, man. <laughs> but like that, to me, like, yeah. that's what Arizona could be is like, oh, we got the Mexican food with the, or with the, the, the Asian food with the, with the Mexican soda. Yeah, exactly. You know, with the, that, that, that to me, I'm like, yo, this place could be so dope. And, I mean, right, we, we should have more fusions and stuff like that. I mean, you, you see some Mexican sushi places and stuff like that. Chino Bandito's pretty famous, but it also is like, I forgot that I lived near it. Yeah. Like, I drove by and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? There's a senior sushi right down the street from my house. And I'm like, eh, someday I'll go yeah. over there. Right? And, and that, to me, I think I think the thing about Arizona, and I want it to be better. And So it's hard because, okay, so it's hard because I'm, I'm not from here. Mm-hmm. I went to high school here. Yeah. My family lives here. I grew up in Hawaii. And so growing up in Hawaii... When I say I grew up there, as a military brat, when I say I grew up there, it was from third grade to ninth grade. Mm -hmm. Like, the summer right before my my ninth grade year we moved. And so, like, that's six years, which, that's a long time, considering that that's the longest I'd ever spent in one place. And so, when you go to Hawaii, it's very local. Mm -hmm. And, hey, also, I've mentioned Hawaii a few times. If you can find any way to donate to the uh, Maui wildfires, like, just... There's so many places to do it. Defend Hawaii has one. Uh, Defend Mauna Kea has one. Please donate because that whole fucking town is burned down. It's all of Lahaina is burned down. Yeah. So I got I got friends of friends that are out there and they're like the whole city is just. And hey, if you have a trip uh, planned for Hawaii, don't go. Yeah. My... Don't go. Don't go for just yo y'all can wait. You know y'all can wait. Don't don't go. Yeah, I definitely my my heart and prayer goes out to everybody in, in Maui right now. I didn't realize how bad it was until one of my friends. I, I was like checking on him. I was like, you know, because those fires sometimes they affect yeah um, other islands. And so all my people are on Oahu, but I reached out and he's like, oh dude, the whole place is fucking like the whole town is burned oh, down. Man. And Maui's not that big, you know. So it's like if you went up to you know, if, it's like if Tucson burned down, yeah, or if Sedona burned down, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prescott. That's a great yeah. yeah. But um, growing up out there, it's extremely local. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a big deal when we first got to Target. Yeah. Local. And people don't realize how, like, like there's farms up there. And, that, like, you know. Um, and so people, so that's, like, how that, that is there. And so when I moved here, also, when I lived there, I did experience some racism. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was from a, it wasn't the same as here. Yo, when I moved here, oh, oh my yeah. God, dude. It was <laughs> confederate flags and swastikas and i was like yo fuck this like but it's hard doing that because back home there was like stuff you know you knew like like yeah like what you said about nathan's yeah it's national now but that was (laughs) you know that was like yo this this is our shit and so like back home it was the same way and the way that they're trying to change things is the way that i think is good you were talking about the it hub i talked to a congressman a couple years ago and he said that what they're trying to do is like be an IT hub in Hawaii, that way they can get the hardware from Asia and the software from Silicon Valley, and that's like the perfect meeting point. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was like, that's how you do shit like that, and that's yeah. how you build, you know, that that. And they're trying to educate their own kids too. Like they're not just importing people; they're educating their own kids. And exactly. I'm like, that's how you do that. Exactly. You know, that's really where you have to set your kids up for the next stages. Is yeah. really like, um, especially in the computer fields. I want to go back to what you said about like uh, living in Hawaii and kind of coming out here and you know first experiencing uh, racism out here. Um, you know, growing up back east, right? Um, you know, 
family lives in Staten Island, right? So okay. you have New York City, which is yeah. a big city, right? Yeah. And then you have Staten Island. And we all lived in a small community, mm-hmm. right? So it's like we all knew our neighbors, right? And we were – race wasn't an issue because everybody was different. Right? So it's not like there was like a it wasn't a predominantly white neighborhood, predominantly black or pre- predominantly Latino. Everybody yeah. was there, right? So we all just grew up, and it's like, yeah, we're all different colors. We know about each other's race, but it was something that we kind of learned off, off of, right? Because yeah. you know, the Italian family they make spaghetti. We go all go for spaghetti, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but you you get exposed to different cultures, and then I come out here, and it's like, oh, this is where I'm like, oh shit, I'm black. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that was a culture shock for me, um, was just being like, oh, there's not too many people that look like me. And then, you know, being completely different. I think that's why when we were at Fashion Week, like we, it was like a group of like <laughs> six of us and we were like, <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. Let's go over here. You know? <laughs> but I, I, and, it's, it, and that's the thing is like, put it this way. I told the story to my girlfriend. She didn't believe me, but I used to live in West Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever seen Friday Night Lights? Yeah. An hour south of there. <laughs> oh, man. My my dad's best friend, so my godfather, coached against Permian Odessa. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, and this is why I tell people, and this is a very unique situation because that was a military base. Like, there's a military base there. And I told her, I didn't hear the word nigger mm-hmm. until, yeah, that was a hard hour, relax, I'm making a point. <laughs> but I didn't hear that word. Until you were out here? Until, no. <laughs> I had seen it on a, um... On, like, a documentary about race. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine living in West Texas yeah. in the 90s <laughs> and not hearing it at all. Exactly. And then, like, and then like as I got older, of course, you know, you, you do catch it more. When I lived in Hawaii, I was telling her, I was like, yo, it wasn't, like, there, it was a military thing. So, yeah, you had, like, some, like, edgy white kid who was, like, trying to, like, yeah. you know, do something. You know, like, all right, man, we got to handle this. But even then, like, the racism that I experienced was predominantly from, like, Japanese. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's different. It's a very, like, oh, I'm surprised that you passed this, like, that you're in this class. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised. And it was different. And so, like, that being said, I have no sort of beef with, like, because also I was a fucking kid. So, like, <laughs> kids are also just mean. Yeah, kids are just <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> kids are also just terrible sometimes. And so, like, it's not, like, this is not an indictment <laughs> on all of, you know. But when I moved here... Dog, I swear to God, I, I moved here the year Obama got elected, mm-hmm. and I remember I went to school, and I was like really, really into the church at that time, and I was like really like regimented and like following the rules and stuff, because military, you know, and I remember I showed up, and they had spray painted swastikas all over the school, mm-hmm. and it, they had a giant ass like like graffiti, and it said Obama, one big ass mistake, America. Yep. And my friend, it was me and my friend Joe. And our other black friend, John, and there were 33 black kids in this school of 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. And my friend walked up, and he goes, I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. And he turned around, and he walked home. <laughs> Probably would have done the same thing. And he just took that all that day. <laughs> and then me and my homie went in. And was like, it was me, and I think me and John went in. And we were like, all right, man, whatever. <laughs> and it was the most awkward fucking shit. Yeah. Man. It was like... Hey man, you're like we're reading To Kill a Mockingbird, and I'm like, yo, that word comes real easy out of y'all lips, man. I'm right, just, like, and that's the thing is that like, if I'm, you know, and we've heard like athletes they've said that about Phoenix and Boston, like the fans here, or Utah, mm-hmm. but like, you know, especially for basketball, 
but and this is one of the things too is like I remember in high school one of my friends got pulled over for SB during SB 1070 oh man yeah he was black yep so he didn't have a green card yep he didn't have anything like that so he had all this shit so I'm like if your state has been like making things hard for black and brown people why in the fuck would they want to come here if they can just go five hours west <laughs> exactly. or four hours north man, or it's not like better or it's not like you know easier but it's just like the kind of thing where it's like if it's going to be better for me in LA than Phoenix why would I ever mess with Phoenix exactly I, and it's funny the whole SB 1070 thing people um, forget about that I was a victim of that myself. Uh, I remember going home with a... I was carpooling at the time. My coworker was driving. She got pulled over. I'm in the passenger seat, and I got ID. And I was like, she's driving. I'm not doing anything. Right? But it's crazy. Is that uh, the test from Family Guy? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, they got the, the skin palette. <laughs> yeah. But it's just that thing where, like... And... and I don't want to put too much of her stuff out there, but even me and my girlfriend have talked about, like, hey, if, you know, if we do go further, do we really want to stay in America? Yeah. Uh, man. I don't know. That's That's been the tough question uh, because it's something that my wife and I were talking about, right? Um, we were talking about, like, this was, like, right around the, the billion-dollar Powerball that just happened, like, a couple weeks ago. So. Oh, hey, man, listen, if I hit that thing, <laughs> y'all not seeing me ever again, bro. Right? <laughs> we're sitting there, like... I'm buying an island like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> yeah, exactly. y'all not see. <laughs> but we were talking about, like, you know, oh, what if we won? Like, what would we do with all that money? Where would we go, right? And it's, like, thinking about, the like... Moon? Like, you know, like where, where would I go in America? And it's just, like, you know, part of me... Part of me, it's something that I, I realize, but it's like, yeah, right now, I don't think that there's anywhere where I would say I want to go, right? Um, to live? That's a great question. To live, right? Of where I would want to go. I, I like California. I would like to be near the beach, but California is crazy expensive right now. Mm-hmm. New York? I mean, with a billion dollars, it might not matter, but at the same time, like... Well, and here's the thing. It <laughs> might not. Because might. there's so many things that, like... So my dad has a, had, had a really good point. He goes... A millionaire is somebody who doesn't have to work a fifty thousand dollar a year job for twenty years. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, I did the math. I'm like, holy shit, that's really all it is. He's like, if you saved all your money from a fifty thousand dollar a year job, you'd be a millionaire. Yep. Like, and so, like, I do think that that money would go quickly. You buy a house. There's, you know, how much you is gone right there. Exactly. And here's the thing about like winning something like that, right? So I, I'm like. I see the number on paper, right? It's like the, the car car salesman, right? I see the number on paper. They're offering you a million dollars, but what is that million dollars or billion dollars? First of all, half that's gone to taxes. Half that's gone to taxes, right? But then depending on how you choose to even accept it, are you taking the annuity amount or are you taking the actual lump sum? I would go for the lump sum. You know, when I was younger, I said the annuity. Now it's definitely lump sum. No, it's lo- <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me get the lump sum up front, you know, and... I'll take it. So I'll call my bank and let them know that they're, that, that y'all about bit, to, you're, they're about to see five hundred million. <laughs> exactly right. You know, I, I want that up front, and you know it's easier to blow through that. But I think it's like the the whole millionaire billionaire, someone wins a large sum of money problem, right? Most people blow through it right away. I'm trying to like you know, I'm putting all. I, that. I would pay my debts. Any any debts I have, like from like anything huge that I don't think I have to like. The car note. First of all, we're we're getting to zero. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then the next thing I'm doing is probably like just stuff to build my business. I'm I'll be modest with mine. I'm like I'm taking the minimum or I'm sorry, the maximum amount that I can put into savings into a high yield savings account, getting that four percent interest rate. So I think it's like you can have up to ten million uh, in a bank that's federally insured. Oh, you thought about that? Oh, I, I, oh, I thought about it. I'm about to think about. It. I was like, four percent interest. You know, four percent interest off of ten million. That's four hundred thousand a year. Um, so four hundred thousand. Yeah, four hundred thousand. Especially with someone who like, and I'm not saying that like you were broke or anything like that, but someone who isn't used to having that level of money. Mm-hmm. Like you see, like kids that like I know that there are kids at some of these schools around here that are like, their dad is a millionaire. Yeah, and maybe their granddad was too. But when you come from a place where, like, and again, I'm not saying that I'm from the hood. I'm not saying that, like, I'm not. <laughs> I, someone asked me all the time, like, oh, yeah, you said that you, no, dude. What I said is that, like, when we lived in Texas, shit was not, like, yeah, <laughs> it was tight, man. Like, my dad was at the beginning of his military career, and, like, they just had their first baby. That's me, you know? And exactly. Shit was tight. That's all I'm saying. It's lower middle class, right? Yeah, like, for sure. And then, but, like... When you don't have that money, everything sounds good. Everything, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'll throw, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll invest in your company. And I, that's what, I, I've, I've been watching more documentaries, and that's what fucks so many people up. It's like, oh, yeah, I invested a million dollars into this company, and the dude just, like, fucking bails. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to sit down with some wealthy people yeah. and really talk, talk to them about, how they manage your wealth, right? And the whole the whole point is to not look like you're you're out there blowing money, right? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people who start from lower positions, right? They get the money to go out and buy the big house and everything like that. It's like Oh, when I first joined the military, that was the first yeah. time I saw a thousand dollars on a paycheck. Oh yeah. Which imagine now. <laughs> at your age, imagine right, right. now. At eighteen, <laughs> fuck you. I was doing shoes. Oh, Yo, man. at one point I had thirty pairs of shoes. Same. I, you know, it's too cra- much. <laughs> what's crazy? When I was uh, fresh out of high school, I had a good paying job, right? I was making just under fifty thousand a year, right? Damn, okay. That was really good. I was like, I was balling out, like had my own spot. Like that's solid now. That, like, was, that at nineteen. At oh, 19, my God. oh, it was it was way more money than I should have had. Um, <laughs> Didn't save any of it. And you talk about, like, what was I doing? I pay my rent. Going to go buy a new TV. I need the new Xbox. I need the PlayStation 3, I think. PlayStation 4 or whatever, whatever was out at that time. Furniture, clothes. Got to go out. Got to buy new clothes to go out. <laughs> Got to get dinner afterwards. So it's like, oh, yeah, there there, there it goes. Um, tattoos. I got so many tattoos. Tattoos? I got so many <laughs> Wait, is that... My my Epion tattoo. Okay, I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a couple. I have a couple cowboy people tattoos. Oh, I was man. like, is that no? <laughs> <laughs> no, I w- I wouldn't do a cowboy D- bebop tattoo. But um, yeah, I got my spike right here. <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. <laughs> but yeah, like don't give nerds money, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll spend on the dumb oh, shit. Like, literally, you know what? I got a new fight pad for Tekken. Like I'm I'm trying not to buy a fight pad. <laughs> I'm like this close. I'm like no, you're already playing controller. Oh, don't switch it over. Like, man. Starfield, I've been waiting for that Starfield game to come out. I am so glad that that, is shit, that, that, that shit's free on Xbox Game Pass. Oh, man, I am too. so glad. Dude, I, I saw it and I was like... <laughs> I was like, uh, 
And yeah. even my girlfriend, she was like, did you see Starfield? I'm like, yeah. I did. It's like... I don't even like Bethesda games, but oh, it's something about it, man. I, I've, I've been seeing that, I was like, man, I want to play this game. Like, I, I played Skyrim, I guess, but, you know, never really sat down. Fam, I spent $300 on the collector's edition of Cyberpunk uh, 2077. I, okay, I would do that. First of all, it was <laughs> fucking worth it. I don't care what anybody says. The art book in there, oh, incredible. Man. The I'm, stuff that they have in there, incredible. I, the game... Listen, once they fixed it, fucking great. Exactly. I don't want to hear anything about it. <laughs> I'm excited for like the whole Phantom Liberty. Oh, uh, my, oh my gosh. They pulled the Intercelba for that. Yeah, they did. I was really yeah. surprised by that. I was really, really surprised. They're saying, from what I'm hearing, it's like a full re-release. Yeah, for, it's a 2.0. Literally everything I've said, uh, seen about it is a, it's a 2.0 release of, of the game where it's like Cyberpunk 27. Did you beat the original? Uh, I got, okay, I got it day one. And didn't play it. Update it and replay it. You'll see that there's a big difference. <laughs> I, you know, I've gone back. It's just, I haven't had time to go back and sit down and, like, divulge to a story campaign. Well, and, and that's the thing is that, like, without spoiling it for you, the story ends very resolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, because they were talking about doing a sequel, and I was like... Why would you do a sequel if it's... Because I thought it was like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. You know, so, and I was like, don't rush a sequel. But after finishing it, I'm like, oh, the story, like, ends. Like, yeah. You can go back, and it's not, you know... But it's not like Grand Theft Auto where the story ends, and then they're like, oh, just do all the bullshit now. Yeah. Like, the story's <laughs> over. Exactly. And so I was wondering, like, when I saw Phantom Liberty, I was like, oh, are they gonna... Like, how's this gonna work? So I've gone and, like, I don't know much about it. I watched the first trailer. I watched the second trailer. And then everything else, I was like, I'm not paying attention to shit until it comes out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like going in blind has saved my relationship with video games. Uh, well, you know, and movies, to be honest. You know, honestly, yeah, same. Um, because I, I, I used to get my hopes up for video games, um, but like now it's just like I, I think the last game that I really got my hopes up for um, was Shadow. Shadow of Colossus. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh wow, that's a while. <laughs> no, um, it was a while. It was original Xbox. Uh, it was when the Xbox first came out. Watch Dogs, and it was like the Lord of the Rings game. Shadow. Oh, Mordor. Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor. That game's good, man. Oh man, when it first came out. But holy shit, is there a lot of bullshit in that game? Oh my, like that was. A, I got Watch Dogs, and I got. I got. Um, I remember that OG trailer for Shadow, Watch Dogs, and I was like, "Oh, dude! Oh man, I cannot wait for Watch Dogs!" And I remember just playing Watch Dogs and being so upset. I know, <laughs> me too. The first hour, I was just like, "I was like, fuck this game!" So I put in Shadows of Mordor, right? And I was like, "All right, this is gonna be a good one." And I'm like, at least you know, I'll have a little bit of a break, right, from from that bullshit. I put that in. I was like, yeah. It's it's not as good as yeah. It, it, I know. You know, I went back and played it. It's good in spurts. I went back and played it, and it's like, oh, it's actually a really good game. But I think it's so hard to play like back to back because yeah. everything just feels the same like exactly. so quickly. <laughs> exactly. That was so. I got Mafia Three, and I was excited because I'm like, oh, hey, they have a black protagonist. Like, hell yeah, I'm mm-hmm. playing this game. Beat it in the weekend. Yep. And after a while, like it got it was it was one of those games where I was like, oh, I know the weapons to use. Hunting knife, shotgun, that's what I need. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's okay. It's good. Like, 
play play through for the story, and then after that, but like my brother was like super pumped on Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was better than Red Dead Redemption One. I, so I like Red Dead Redemption Two, um, just because of the world that they created. Right? I love, oh yeah, Rockstar. I'm always gonna give Rockstar. Yeah, um, the storyline. Yeah, oh, it was okay. It, right? It's okay. It was, it, I thought the first one was more interesting. Yeah, I think the first one... I love the first one, right? And that's what I was so gung-ho about, like, going out and playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I love the world-building that they're able to do. Yeah. That's um, what has me interested about Starfield. Yeah. Um, Starfield, and not paying for it is going to help so much more. <laughs> same here, because, like, I'm, I'm excited... I, I don't know. I'm excited for the game because it's like right in my, my alley, my genre and stuff like that. Okay, but, so this is... The, I have two debates that I've noticed that are a very similar debate. Are you sci-fi or fantasy guy? Um, More sci-fi. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's more fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, nerd. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get burned again from Bethesda. Fallout 76. You probably will. But, yeah. I mean, because I, I, like, I tried the Outer Wilds, or the Outer Worlds when it first came out, and I was mm-hmm. like, it's fine. It, it's okay. I, I, here's, here's my thing. If it takes you, if, with the TV show, right, if somebody's like, hey, man, you just got to get through the first two episodes, I'm like, okay, cool, that's introductory. With the video game, you can't get through the first two episodes. Yeah. So it's like, you, you kind of have to grab me in the first hour. Because if you're not grabbing me in the first hour of the game, like, no game's actually awesome at that, is Arkham City. Yes, I was just about to say Arkham that. City, like, I I like the the environment of Arkham Asylum more, mm-hmm. but I think Arkham City is the best Arkham game. Because, like, immediately, like, yeah. you just get dropped in there, like, alright, go fix some shit, man. Like, go do it. Yeah. Um, I think also the Uncharted series. What? I didn't have a PlayStation when those were coming Oh, out. man. I know. You know, like... I like the Uncharted series because they really focus more on the storytelling of the um, of the game, right? Where it's more like showing what's going on. It's like it's, a movie. It's cinematics, right? Yeah. And, it, and it feels feels cinematic, right? Yeah. So it's like you're immediately hooked, right? That was kind of my beef with uh, with Red Dead Two. Was like if you play the first Red Dead, there's a lot. Like there is a lot of like cinematic stuff, but yeah. If you there's a lot of games that I was playing like uh, Days X was one too where there uh, where the like the objective was like kill so and so yeah or no let me kill it'd be like neutralize so and so I was like fuck yeah cool and it was just like there's like all right so you got like nine different ways to do this and I'm like oh really yeah. that's interesting and then when I was playing Red Dead uh, there were so many parts of the game that I was like because what I want out of a crime game right like Grand Theft Auto like I'm kind of excited about the new Grand Theft Auto too mm-hmm. but. There's some stuff that I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> but um, what I'm kind of excited about, what I've always wanted in a crime game, let me play the fucking heists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five was so good at that. It was like, okay, there's two ways to do it. And I'm like, okay, now imagine, like, give me five. Dude, Which I know that's heavy on the developer. But, but like, you know, I feel like that almost kind of turns it into, like, a real-time strategy game. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Imagine a crime real-time strategy Yeah. That would be kind. That would be kind of dope. There was one on Game Pass called uh, City of Sin, it was, mm-hmm. it was, or Empire of Sin, and it was Chicago, and it was straight up like you might as well be playing Edge of Empires. Uh, and it was cool, but I'm like, okay, now imagine like, like me being boots on the ground with that. Yeah. Like you plan it and then you do it. I, I don't know why nobody's really done that yet. I, because I feel like it, it. Have you heard of Star Citizen? Yeah. Okay, so 
Star Citizen. That game is never coming out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? It's the game that's going to do everything that everybody wants, right? If you can own property, real estate, fly ships, uh, be a doctor, whatever you want to do in, in space, right? When are we ever going to get that? <laughs> First of all, that game came out already, and it scares me. And it's called <laughs> EVE Online. Uh, Dude, have you seen some of the stories about oh EVE? Oh my god! Oh my god! I, I tried EVE once. Once. <laughs> <laughs> you immediately died, and you're like, "Fuck this shit! I'm never playing this." Again. I didn't. I didn't even get out of it. I didn't even get that far. I was just trying to get through the menu. <laughs> <laughs> that game was so fucking. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was, I was talking to my brother about that, yeah. and I was like, oh, dude, I think you would like this game. He's like, it's been out. Or my dad, my dad was like, hey, I think you guys will like this game. And both me and my brother were like, it's been out too long. He's like, what? I'm like, it's been out too long. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean it's been <laughs> out too long? I'm like, it, like, don't you think new people join it? And my brother was like, no. He's like, at this point, <laughs> after 15 years, like, no. Yeah, Nobody's like, jumping into that shit. It's like, but people are spending f- small fortunes on a video game. And I'm like, re- Literal small fortunes on video games. Like, when I see new people playing Grand Theft Auto Online, I'm like, oh, you guys are fucked. You know, yeah, right? it's like, God, no. Dude, I've been playing this game since 2013. Yeah, I hope you got money in this, because that's the only way that yeah, you're going like, to Dude, yeah, you yeah. got a lot to catch up with. But I think that's also something that just kind of, that needs to be addressed with gaming anyway, too. Like, always online games, where it's like, how do you continually attract new players without making it so it's like, oh... Well, I think, so the rumor is that Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to let you play in Vice City, mm-hmm. which from the leaked footage, that looks true. I was kind of disappointed because the one Grand Theft Auto game I think would be really good is DC yeah. during, during an election year. Do you, so do you remember like the original Grand Theft Auto? Three. No, like three no. Vice, oh, like the oh, original. The original. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen them. Right? I don't like... Yeah, like the top-down view ones. Yeah, I've seen them. Like, I think it would be kind of cool to go back to modern-day London. That was where the original Grand Theft Auto took place. You know what's funny? I actually thought that that was kind of dumb because somebody said, oh, we want Grand Theft Auto to be part of the American dream. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, to mm. tell American stories. Then I found out those motherfuckers are from, like, Scotland or some shit. Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, put it in London. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah do exactly. It. Rockstar, but not a U.S. company. I think like rock. I think certain branches are like San Diego, New York. There's rock, obviously. but there's still Rockstar UK. I mean, they're yeah. they're a, a multi. Yeah, that's why I learned. Yeah, I didn't know. That. I thought that they were because I mean, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. They're only in three cities. Yeah, I mean, but they're a triple. I thought Chicago would have been fun too. Chicago would have been a good one. Like I would. You know, honestly, I would like to see one, like, done in Mexico. The city from Manhunt, Carcer City, Mm -hmm. the rumor is that's based on Detroit. Give me a Grand Theft Auto in Detroit. (laughs) That would be With all the, like, you know, with all, like, the auto manufacturing and all that. Like, that sounds interesting. You know what I wanted to see? And I I don't know why. It's funny. The only game that I've actually seen do this was Test Drive Unlimited 2. Wow. Yeah. But, like, so you have, like, Vice City... You have uh, Los Santos, and then you have Liberty City. Why can't you just get on a plane and go to each other? That's the rumor that I'm hearing. Yeah, that would be in the sad. new game. That's yeah. the rumor is like they want it to take place across like continents. Yeah. And so that's one thing that they're saying is that it's not going to be one game. It's going to be like episodic, but it's mm. going to be like huge. And so the and the entire game is going to end up being like twice as big as GTA Five, which 
let's fucking see. I don't believe it. <laughs> but they're going to break it up into six parts. And I was like, okay, if you do part one, because if you play, so in Grand Theft Auto Online, mm-hmm. they have Kyle Perico, which is like basically like a billionaire's island. Yeah. And they have, like, you can fly to there now. And that's what they said is like they're testing different things. Because what I'm really interested in, if they're, if what they're saying is true about Grand Theft Auto 6, and you've already unlocked everything there is to unlock in Los Santos, let's go to Vice City. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, bring that all. And they're saying that, like, they're trying to make everything talk to each other about the online. And I'm like, hey, if you guys can do that, that would be super, super dope. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I, I think that that becomes... that That's where you fall onto the technological side of things, right? Yeah. It's the, the Star Citizen issue, yeah. right? Which is, how do I get all of these people in one server with everything to do, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be the issue. I think it's going to be... Because Grand Theft Auto 6, I guarantee you, will be the biggest game when it comes out. Yeah. It just will be. But, like, you know what? I, I don't want it to necessarily be like, oh, we're just going to give you a big map. Right, because I, you know, I feel like gaming is going towards that way, where it's like we're going to give you a big map, where there's, it's spread out, so you have to drive. A That's what Red Dead was to me. Yeah, but it's like there's half X and hold up, so like fucking half that game. No, you know what game was that for me? Elite Dangerous. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Elite Dangerous. I forgot about Elite Dangerous. Yeah, yeah. no, it was that. Yeah, because yeah. literally it's like oh, one to one scale Milky Way Galaxy. There's nothing to do in that game except for grind, you know. And it's just like I played a little bit of No Man's Sky, and I played it early, and I was like, you can kind of see through the cracks almost immediately. Yeah. Oh, I see what this guy did. Yeah, I mean, I. I I also think that like smaller, more focused. No game I I fell in love with. I didn't think I would. Hitman. Yeah. Hitman's great. Oh my gosh, that's such a great underrated series. Uh, They're doing James Bond games now. Like they're gonna take a break from Hitman, and they're gonna. Three James Bond games. I'm like, okay. If it's that. done in the style of like Hitman, especially Hitman Three, um, I really liked Hitman Three, where you could. Yeah. I think that's the one where you go to the racetrack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm replaying it right now, <laughs> and I'm almost done with Hitman One, and um, just I, I told my brother, I'm like, dude, this isn't an action game. It's a fucking puzzle game. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and he we were playing. He's like, dude, it totally is. This is a puzzle game. Like this is. Like, that should be next to Tetris. Oh, the new Tetris is fucking great, too. Oh, um, I need to go check that one out. It's it's fucking trippy and relaxing, and it's perfect, and the music is great. Like, <laughs> I, was like a, I was like, cool visuals, good music, good gameplay, cool, you got me. Like, <laughs> you know what's a good one um, that I really hope they do more? I, I think they are, actually, when I think about it. Uh, did you ever play the Yakuza series? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is such a good series. and I, So silly. I, never, I didn't find out about it until, like, <laughs> maybe a couple years ago and I was like oh this is because nice. you have an Xbox yeah and it was all for free on Xbox and you're yeah. like alright let's see what this is let about. me see you're what like, it is oh shit and it's like this is actually a hilarious game it's like, so I thought it was going to be like Sleeping Dogs yeah because I love Sleeping Dogs I thought Sleeping Dogs was great super uh, underrated I, that is an underrated one and then when I played Yakuza I thought like oh, like oh this is stupid and then I played it again I'm like this is genius yeah <laughs> like it's so over the top so at some point where very it's just Japanese like, it's like this is I love this, right? It's so good. Like the whole the whole peeing side game. <laughs> like like think about that. That's like, somebody somebody had the idea. What if we peed in the game and we made it into a side game? Yeah. <laughs> and just like the characters, like Goro Yajima is my favorite character. Yeah. Right now. Like the fact that like I remember I was playing one time 
And I had to stop playing because I was laughing so hard. But I was playing, and there's a scene when you have to fight. Like, because Goro, he's this character who, like, just pops up and you have to fight, <laughs> fight him, him for some reason. And he's been doing it for, like, six games. Yeah. <laughs> but I was playing, so I, I my, my opinion is, like, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it chronologically. Mm-hmm. And so I'll start from, like, Yakuza 0. Yeah. And so, like, what I tell people to watch Star Wars that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Fast and Furious like watch it chronologically because if you watch it in the order it came out you're not going to get it but if you watch it in the story I've noticed I'll tell you about the Star Wars <laughs> I'll tell you why my opinion on Star Wars but I was playing it and there's a scene where you're at like this cocktail bar mm-hmm. and Goro Majima and like you're like okay you, you say your order and it's like this really like gang scene and he's like you know just like like, like talking to like the girls and he's like yeah you know I want and then it's all in Japanese and then one of the girls walks up, one of the waitresses walks up, and he get, and she gives you a drink, and he looks up, and it's fucking Goromaj. And I'm like, this fucking game is the silliest shit. So I was silly. laughing so hard. And then I got my ass kicked in a boss fight that I didn't know was coming. And then I was like, this fucking game is so silly. It's so good. I think... There's what I think at one point like he shows up in a chicken suit too. He does. <laughs> he shows up like out of a sewer. And I'm just like, what is this fucking dude, man? It's so random because you'll be like doing something completely different, and all of a sudden you just get triggered into a boss fight. Like, and it, the thing is, it's like mostly random too. So like, mm. you might have you might have just gotten out of a fight, and then yeah. you just hear like, Kyo! you're like, fuck, man, this fucking guy. <laughs> so my mom had the reason why I said that about Star Wars. This was years ago. My mom had never seen Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. And my brother was like, oh, you got to watch him in the order it came out because the original, because the prequel trilogy sucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. You watch it in the story because, number one, everybody knows the whole Luke, I am your father thing. Yeah. Everybody knows <laughs> that now. It doesn't matter. So I was like, if you watch, so we watched him in, or, in or the order it came out, or in the order it takes place. And she, instead of being like, oh, the prequels suck, she was like, Oh, I liked the originals more. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as much hate on the prequels because you're like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then when she watched the originals, she's like, oh, this is really, really good. Yeah. And so, like, same with Fast and Furious. I'm like, just watch it in the order it came out. The only. Or in the order it was released. <laughs> I will say that about Star Wars. Fast and the Furious, though. I fucking love those movies. Fast I understand where <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. I do. You can't really do the chronological. But like for me, because it's like one, two, four, five, three. Yeah, it gets just three is somewhere at the end, but maybe not anymore because Han is back, yeah. but he died. But yeah. he yep. never really died. It's uh-huh. like yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what's funny though? When so I did that with my mom. I was like, we're watching all of them. Like, and this was one that there's only nine or only eight. Was there? Yeah, I think it was either. I think eight was coming out, and so we watched the first seven, and we watched it every day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "There's seven days a week. There's seven Fast and Furious movies. You do the math." And it was funny too because like people are like, "Oh, how can he be like this?" Like they started all like stealing DVDs, and I was like, "Right, but if you like watch them in order, you see how like Brian goes from like a cop in LA to like a member of the FBI, and you look in the, in the LA office, and then you're like, "Oh, I can see that." Mm-hmm. And then Dom goes from, like, a guy who's, like, helping smuggle stolen goods to, like, yeah, now he's doing... And then, like, it progresses. And you're, like, up until Fast Five, you're, like, oh, I can see this. This <laughs> thing, It's fucking bananas. But I can understand... And then after Five, it's just, like, fuck you. We, like, <laughs> Literally, whatever. We don't care anymore. Okay, I, I'll go with Fast. Up until, up until like, Fast... 
five. You're four. Like, up until fast four, and then watch everything that's odd after that. So fast four, fast five, well, uh, fast five. I like fast five. The uh, one in Brazil, I like that one. Is it? I know. No, I know. I'm, Which yeah. is it? Fast six with the tunnels. Yeah. Okay, fast five. Yeah. So fast five, fast seven, fast nine. Right. Fast ten. I don't know, but. I didn't see it. I thought it was great that, uh, like, just Jason and Loam, they just put a shirt on him and let him just do his thing, and I was like, good for you guys. I'll wait until it comes out, like, on whatever streaming service, right? But, like, for me, it was just, like, uh, I love Fast and the Furious. Like, I love that series, being a car guy. Like, I, I love that whole genre. It's like, oh, yeah, movies for me, right? Yeah, especially the first two are, like, fairly, like, Fast and Furious, Too Fast and Furious people hate way too much. First... First three, right? First three. Those are like car guy movies. They're the writing is terrible. Fairly legitimate. Sort of. Fairly like it could be way worse. Yeah, you're like you're like, yeah. They made a fucking Chevy Nova <laughs> into a rocket or some That's shit. True. Like, you know. The original ones you're like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but hey, at least they're using car windows. So yeah, I like I can kinda see it. Yeah, but then okay. it's like it's like, hey, Lamborghini versus nuclear submarine. Make it a movie. <laughs> I did love too that like nobody. I, I love that like nobody has exotic cars. It's only like muscle cars and tuners, right? and that's it. Right, except for Tyrese. Tyrese is the only one. It's like, oh, I'm gonna get get the Lamborghini. Which fits his character. Absolutely, absolutely. Totally fits his I'm pretty sure he wrote that, and he's like, yeah, me too. he's like, I only drive Lamborghinis. <laughs> Because Dom still has his Daytona, and then he went mm-hmm. to, like, the new Challenger, and then people yep. were like, eh, and then he went back to the old Challenger, and everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Brian, he had the Supra. I think he's always had the Supra. I think every movie he's had. No, he switched to the Skyline. No, Skyline. He had Skyline, a Skyline. Yeah. yeah, he switched to Skyline uh, for a little bit. Then the new GTR, and I was like, he well, that's kind of hot. And I, I think Fast Forward, when he had the blue Skyline, that was probably. That was tough. Yeah, that one was dope. I that was like, tough. And. If I had a Skyline, I would build it just like that. I don't want it to look anything other than stock and just do damage. I would kind of, I kind of wonder, like, could you even make a car racing movie now without it being compared to Fast and Furious? And I think you'd have to do something similar to Drive. Uh, no, I mean, look which at it. Wasn't a car racing movie at all. <laughs> I, I think you can, right? I, I don't think you can do something like Fast and the Furious in that genre. Right, but Baby Driver—that's a perfect, uh, perfect example of like it's a driving movie, but make it more about the heist and the character. Yeah, I think that's what. So I had a video game idea where it would be you play as a driver who's recruited because the idea of like being recruited to like a heist crew because mm-hmm. of street racing is a pretty solid idea. Yeah, like and that's something that you can get behind. Like, oh yeah, the gangsters—they like yeah. this is how they figure out. And I think you could do something like that. But I don't think you could just straight up make like Fast and Furious. Well, even in fact, the first one is about a heist that they you they're using the drivers in their cars for. And I, I think that's it was just DVD players. Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> I think you can definitely build stories around that, right? I mean, you know, he, uh, another example, right? I did like Baby Driver. It ended weird. I I, I stand on that. It did end weird. It, but. it it did end weird. I love Edgar Wright as a as a director, though. Um, his cinematography and the way that he uses music and uh, cinematics to go hand in hand to enhance the story, like, definitely one of my top ten. My hot take was that uh, Queen and Slim and Baby Driver should have switched endings. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I The idea of baby getting caught is yeah. kind of because someone sold him out is kind of interesting. Me and my brother argue about this like once a week. Jamie Foxx just killing people made no fucking sense. In that. Or him killing Jamie Foxx made no fucking sense. Yeah. When he killed Jamie Foxx, <laughs> I'm like, fuck this movie, man. Because I'm like, he's because now he's fighting John, car fighting John Hamm, and I was like, there's no reason for any of this. Like, I, and you know, I kind of wanted to see like more of the double cross, yeah, of Kevin Spacey, where Kevin Spacey really becomes like a really evil character, right? And we like we find out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I mean, Kevin Spacey just gets to be Kevin Spacey in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like I, no, I I thought they, I thought that's what they were setting up. Mm-hmm. I really did, and I thought that him having like a surrogate kind of parents with um, uh, John Hamm and uh, I forgot her name. Oh, what was her the name? Uh... yeah, I forgot her name. But even like Jamie Foxx, like I thought he was just a dude who talked shit. Yeah. Kind of like uh, John Bernthal was in that movie too, and he's like trying to like he's like fucking around, baby. Yeah. And I thought that Jamie Foxx just being like kind of a wild card was interesting. Like, someone who might put the ice at risk, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But then when he killed him, I was like, what are we doing? Exactly. And, it, you know, I think the pacing at the end, ending of the movie... It's almost like he forgot to write an ending. It was quick. Yeah. It, it, it felt quick and out of place. Um, maybe that's like the... It's like when you It's like when you've been hanging outside for like... 14 minutes, and then someone's like, hey, your brain's up, and you're like, shit. <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> You're like, I gotta get this done, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, maybe, I, I like to try and think that maybe, maybe it was intentional, like, maybe... I think part of it was. Yeah, maybe, like, because if you look at what's going on in that movie, right, that whole end of the movie is so crazy with everything going on, maybe... And the music like, reflects it. Yeah. And maybe it's supposed to be crazy like that, right, where it's like... I also think that, um, so... I don't know. I don't have a ton of evidence to back this up, but it's a theory of mine. Edgar Wright was going to make Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. I think Baby Driver was Ant-Man. Mm. I think it was this. I think the movie concept. I think it was really, really similar. I think it would. I think he changed some of the major parts. Mm-hmm. But I think like the car. I can totally see that being the suit. Yeah. And so that's what I think. I think that he just like changed certain things about it when he wasn't able to get like. The men, the older mentor who's like a little bit sketchy, mm-hmm. yeah, that's Hank Pym and Ant-Man. That's actually a good. So I think that's probably what it was. Is that like he had this script and he was just like, "Well, I can change it to this now." Oh man, that kind of that kind of disheartens me I a know. little bit too. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't think anything's wrong with it, with Ant-Man in terms of like that that series. I it's not. It doesn't grab me. Well, T.I.'s in that movie. It, he is in that movie. But T.I. is a terrible actor. I'm Nobody sorry. remembers that T.I.'s in that movie. Well, do you remember Taken? Takers? Yeah, I do. Actually. Takers? Was... I do because I remember how much hype was around and how much <laughs> nobody liked it. Yeah, that movie was terrible. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I, I think... I... The idea of T.I. being in a Marvel movie is, would <laughs> never have... There, there's no rappers in Marvel movies today. No, because here's the thing. I, I, I hate that Hollywood is, like... Falling on the crux of using everything is superhero movies. I don't get me wrong. I'm a huge superhero fan, comic book nerd, all that good stuff. Um, I'm burnt out on it. Be more creative. I'm burnt out on the mediocrity of it. Yeah. Ant Man was boring. The latest one was boring. Um, what, what else? Did we do? Doctor Strange. I did. To me, I Doctor did like Strange, Doctor Strange. It didn't go far enough to me. Um. 
understanding. That I thought they said they framed it like it was gonna be a horror movie. And yeah. I was like, let's fucking do it. You know what I love though? Speaking of horror movies, um, Werewolf by Night. Oh yeah. That was oh great. yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy three, loved it. Um, Saturn, Saturn shit. But <laughs> I need to go. I need to go back and watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, that's the only one that I'm not caught up on. Um, but I've Be heard, ready. I've heard a lot of good things about it's it. It's really good, and it uh, sets up the future really well too. I'm yeah, that's definitely one that's on my list of. of my books. brother loves movies, and so like whatever. <laughs> like, hey, do you want it? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, and I need to go back to watch it. But I don't know. I've been, I've been a little burnt out because it's like when the when the Marvel Cinematic Universe came out, it was such a a mm-hmm. novel idea, and it was. It was amazing, right? Do you remember like the rumors of like, oh, I heard they're making an Avengers movie? Right, I remember. I re- it was so weird. Like that was so, high school for me. It was like I remember being in Iron Man, right, watching Iron Man, and I went and saw it opening weekend. Right, Iron Man was like character I grew up with as a kid, so I was like, fuck yeah, Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and no. You know, the internet wasn't like how it is right no. now, where it's like you had rumors spreading like crazy. Yeah, you would hear stuff, right? So you go to go to um, go to go into the theater, right? And at the very end of the movie, you see Nick Fury walk in. I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. Whole theater went crazy. Everybody was, on their feet. It was the wildest time <laughs> because, like, I was th- I was talking I was thinking about this the other day. Like, because I was thinking about, man, how come nothing matches that original Avengers? And I was like, in pop culture, it just in general, in mm-hmm. pop culture, you had Avengers teaming up, you had the big three in my in Miami. Mm-hmm. So it was like this era of like, oh yeah. my God, all these things are coming together. And then you like, and it was like, holy shit, like the rumors and like everyone was so excited <laughs> about like, oh, hey, I heard that like, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce were going to release an album yeah. together. And I heard that this and I heard that that. And then now it's just like, yeah, we know. It's, it was a super... I, I feel like it was like the era of everybody collabing, right? You had you had the world's longest freestyle... For, I'm sorry, longest remix, thanks, Game. I don't know if anybody remembers that, that 20-minute <laughs> remix that he did. Shout to you, Game. <laughs> but then I you, forgot about the game. <laughs> we all forgot about the game at one point or another. But like you had... You got some fire shit, too, and then you got other shit where like... Right? I don't know. I just think it's what he does. It's like, hate it or love it. <laughs> I like OIA. Um, oh, what's that one? This is how we do. And then it's like a bunch of other shit. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like if he didn't necessarily like try and cause so much beef and shit and just talk shit, just yeah. release your music. He makes good music. Like, he's a talented rapper. El Chapo goes insanely hard. Yeah, it's just like, you do all this extra shit just to stay relevant, man. Just put out the music. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, going back to like Iron Man and stuff like that, you had Iron Man, you had Batman, you had... Oh yeah, Dark Knight was coming out. Dark Knight was right... Like, so it was a good year for like movies and stuff like that. Um, And I think too, I think people forget when they're like, oh, well you're just tired of the cinematic Marvel Universe. No, because I also watched DC movies. And then I watched The Boys. And then I watched Invincible. And then I watched Super Crooks. Yeah. I love Super Crooks. I think it's great. Super Crooks was good. I don't like The Boys. Um, you know what? I like Invincible way more. If I, 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 I like Invincible too. I, I think... So when I first was in the army, this guy gave me a comic book, and it was The Boys. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, dude, you gotta read this. It's so fucking good, bro. And yeah. this was like 2014, 2013, 2014. And I read it, and I was like, eh, okay, it's fine. 
And then I remember, I, I read it again later, like, I read the whole series, and it's not very good, first of all. It's not good, like... It's, I don't know, I, I've never... The series is, like, it's, like, when I say it's not good, I don't, like, it's poorly written and it's mean-spirited. It's over the top just to be over the top. Exactly. Um, Which I'm fine with over the top, like, we are just talking about Yakuza. Yeah. But just, like, in the, the subject matter of, like, oh, this oh. guy eats babies, and you're like, okay, dude. There's the whole, there's the whole government island... The superhero island thing that that they were doing. Oh, hero gasm. Hero gasm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like I, I remember was like they said, "Oh, we're gonna do this in live action." No, you're not. No, you're not. No, it's like not. I was like, "This is so." I don't know. Just edgy for the sake of being, being edgy. edgy. It was like, just like, and it's nothing like interesting being like like because Invincible is very similar. Yeah. But like, oh, there's a story being told here. There's a like, what does it mean to be human? And like, who like. Is it nature versus nurture? I was like, okay, I can roll with this. Exactly. You know, and I, I feel like, again, it's like the same story played out over and over again, right? Evil, Evil Superman. Evil Superman, right? The boys, Invincible, uh, even... Um, Injustice. Injustice is another one. What's the... Uh, even Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Adam Warlock. Uh, Evil Superman. Black Adam. Yeah. Evil Superman. It's the yeah. same... Justice League Snyder Cut, Evil Superman. I feel like there's an interesting way to do it too. Like I, the, what I was thinking about is like because in order to have an Evil Superman, to me, okay. So uh, let me ask you this: You are are you a wrestling fan at all? Yeah. Okay. You remember when uh, John Cena was like Super Cena? Yeah. To me, I was like, okay, take that as like because he wanted he was the face of the company, and I was like, how do you make the face of the company a bad guy? You make him super loyal to the company. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, like, okay, how would you make Superman evil? You wouldn't make him evil. You just make him like almost like a religious zealot, mm-hmm. like where he's like so, where he thinks that like his form of morality is so much better than everybody else's. I was like, that's how you would do that. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily make him like I'm the king of Earth. Now. <laughs> you would just make him like so dogmatic in what he believes that there's no room for anything else. You know what? You know how I would do, and there was a movie that tried to do it, and I. It was a horror movie, right? Oh, uh, Brightburn. Brightburn. Yeah. Right? I feel like that could have been a good evil Superman, right? That's how I would have done it. I don't want to... Show me Superman from from a human's perspective, because that's fucking... Oh, horror. yeah. Okay. You know, it's like... There, there was a... Um, there was a... A silent, or I'm sorry, a, a student film that they did on YouTube uh, for Batman, right? And it was like, what I loved about this short film that they did was um, for Batman, right? You know how he like does this disappearing thing, right? Mm-hmm. They really showed like from a, a fighter's perspective, like, oh man, what is it, what's it like really fighting Batman, right? Where it's like, oh, it's scary because like he's here and then he disappears, right? And then all of a sudden they spin the camera around and it's like he's here but he's dis- disappearing through all these uh, yeah. through the the fight right uh, how they shot it it was like oh man it's like jump scare after jump scare and it's like that, yeah that's how I would feel fighting Batman where it's like it's funny t- I saw a post on a Twitter no not Twitter uh, Instagram I saw a post on Instagram and this guy goes so do they not have any mental health care in Gotham like if I have a mental <laughs> breakdown are they just gonna throw me next to the Riddler <laughs> and like and I saw another one and the dude was like yeah, I don't think that people realize that, like, Batman's not just beating up the Joker. He's beating up, like, petty criminals. <laughs> so if you, like, decided to, like, 
like, what's stopping Batman from, like, swooping out of the sky because you, like, ran a red light? And I was like, <laughs> hey, yeah. Right? It's like, you have an update part to take. Right. Like, for real. And so I was like, that, that's a scary aspect. And they did that in the new Batman. Like, that's yeah. a scary fucking Batman. Yeah. Of, like, in the shadows, you don't know where, if he's there. Exactly. And now right. he's like, and now he just like beats the shit out of like some like, in the beginning of the new Batman, he like beat the shit out of like some high school kid. Yeah. Just beat the living <laughs> shit out of him. He's just like, uh, uh. And like, he, he, like, to the point where the criminals were like stepping back like, what the fuck? It's like he learned his lesson. Not yet. Yeah, and it's like, bro, you put that in the fucking hospital. Yeah. I, and you know, like, I think going back to storytelling, right? You know, I want to say this about the superhero movies. Um, I think, like, for me, it's just to the point of where everything is superhero movies, right? Yeah. Majority of what's coming out now is superhero movies. Um, and I feel like, for me, it's just lazy writing. Because it's like, you're not doing, Hollywood's not doing anything innovative or creative with it right so i talked to a um oh also this turned into an episode of blurred lines which is my black nerd podcast that i have <laughs> apparently we turned this into an episode of blurred lines so. right? but i talked to a uh to a comic book artist well he writes too and a mexican artist mm. uh well chicano artist he's a chicano artist his name is jay gonzo mm. and uh he has he has a book called um uh oh fuck it, well it, it translates literally into hand of fate and it's a uh, it's like a Lucha Libre book, but it's very, mm-hmm. like, 1950s, like, that kind of color palette. It's really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's very, like, you know, kind of upbeat. It's kind of like, um, it's like Mucha Lucha, Nacho Libre, but, like, a little bit more, like, seriousness mm-hmm. added to it. You know, it's, it's good. And um, one of the things that he said on my on my podcast with him, he goes, I don't need brutality from a hero. Yeah. And he's like, I think we've had enough dark heroes and Punishers and Batmans. And he's like, I really can't wait to see somebody just do, like, a superhero that's, like, glad to help. He's like, I like the Superman that gets the kittens down from the trees. Or, you know, like... And I think he's right. I think we're kind of... We don't need dark... I think it depends for which superhero. I don't need Dark Flash. I don't need Dark Superman. <laughs> I don't need Dark Wonder Woman. Like, Dark Batman, yeah. Sorry, dude, but... Batman, yeah. I'll, I'll keep Batman dark, but... You know, it's like the whole R-rated superhero movie thing, right? Where it's like, oh, Deadpool came out? Now everybody's got to release an R-rated superhero movie. And it... The only people that I can ever imagine actually having an R-rated superhero movie, Punisher, Batman, Daredevil, Deadpool. And Daredevil's even kind of a... I, You know what? I would say... Maybe would... Kingpin. Like, I think Kingpin you could go R-rated, but, like, I don't... I would, you know what? I would give Daredevil. I would. Okay, so if we well, were. Dark, uh, the Dark Knight was PG thirteen. I yeah. feel like you could hit that with Daredevil. Holy I, I shit! Would, can you imagine? <laughs> I would give Daredevil an R rated. Uh, His show was kind of like that. Just because the show was was that level, um, and I, I think kind of going back to that. Blade, maybe Blade. You might. Blade. I would give Blade. Blade. I, you, you might know, have to do an R rated Blade. I would give Ghost Rider an already. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Ghost yeah, Rider. Yeah, Go- for sure. I feel like... Oh, we're going to open up Constantine's Zatanna, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dead Man Devil, Swamp Thing, like... I would give... Just I would, Justice League Dark in general. Yeah, Justice League Dark. I would give them all already... Especially... Oh, well, Constantine does have an already movie. Um, give... That's another thing that you were talking about, like, with the directors, or with the, uh, with the, with the people. If you're going to make 
a superhero movie and you're gonna do if you really want to make a superhero horror movie mm-hmm. give it to a fucking horror writer yeah well give me James Wan making a fucking Justice League dark movie but then we have Sam Raimi <laughs> Sam Raimi's a little bit goofy with his horror. Like, I like Sam Raimi a lot, but, like, uh, Evil Dead, come on, man, let's be real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, but when I say, like, a horror movie, get, like, the guys who make, like, like, oh, what's that dude's name? The one who made uh, Hereditary. Oh, fuck, I forgot his name. You want to really see a, a horror, a superhero horror movie? What? Like, give it to, a, like, a horror director. That's true. I, you want to see a superhero heist movie? Give it to a, like, give it to, like, give me, like, a Guy Ritchie fucking, uh, I don't even know who. You know, I would like to see, I would like to see um, a Batman movie. And I, I feel like the Arkham Knight series did this pretty well. Um, but a Batman movie in the style of Saw. Fuck. <sighs> Dude, that's right? such a good idea. <laughs> right? Like That's such a good idea. And like literally for me, I think my 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 character of choice would be um uh the Mad Hatter. Oh. You really love the Arkham Muse, huh? Yeah, Because, like, I mean like that was a good that was a good storyline, right? And it's just like here's the thing with that. We've seen the story a million times. Million times, we all know the story. Batman, or Bruce Wayne's parents died, had a breakdown, became Batman. Yeah. Right? I don't need. I don't need the retelling of the story. Um, well, I don't need you to give me an origin story over like characters that don't need one either. Exactly. You know, like if in going like with the directors, like if you're going to give me an origin, I also thought like kind of like what you were saying with like you know give me, you know like a Batman movie like Saw, but with me it was like what if we did what if we took the focus off Batman mm-hmm. what if you what if you made the movie because if you watch Dark Knight it's about the Joker yeah and if you watch um, Batman Begins it's about Ray Shaw Gould well Batman Begins I think that's a better superhero movie than Dark Knight I, I agree with that and I think what, but Dark Knight's a way better movie than it's a better Batman. movie but I think Batman Begins what I liked about Batman Begins and is because the character wasn't Batman the character was Gotham City. Yes. Right? You know, everything that happens, and it's like, Batman becomes an entity within Gotham City. But then mm-hmm. that sets up the whole trilogy. You're talking about how you have to kind of watch everything to understand where everything ends up, right? Uh, Batman Begins, if you don't watch Batman Begins, Dark Knight doesn't make sense. Which does, means that the Dark Knight Rises doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but imagine making a severe movie. Well, my thing was, like, make the villain the story. Yeah. So give me and stop killing your fucking villains, Marvel. Because like <laughs> we could have really used Killmonger, couldn't we? Yeah. Killmonger would have been a great fit in the new Black <laughs> Panther, wouldn't he? It would have. Or literally any other movie. Like, oh man. But um, and I know like rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I know you can't like plan for those things, but I do think it, it does show a little bit of short sightedness when you have actors who don't necessarily want to sign off for ten years. Or. And you're just like, oh, we'll kill him, and then we'll just make a new one. Like, I, I think that that's a mistake. I think also Hollywood needs to do a better job of, like, who they choose to protect and who they choose to kind of, like, go in terms of, uh, what's his name? Uh, King the Conqueror, J- uh, John Boyega? Is that no, no, that's uh, uh, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. I'm like, John Boyega. Oh, boy, that's a messy story that, that, that I don't care to know the ending to. That's, I mean... The fact that like oh we might have we might lose Kang. I think Jonathan Majors is doing an amazing job as as Kang. 
Um, you know, but I think we've seen enough like off the or like out of camera stuff now with with um, what's the name or uh, what's their name? I'm sorry, with Ezra, Ezra, Miller. Ezra Miller with. John, um, Jonathan Majors with and I, it's not all the same I don't mm. want to say it, it's not all the same like no. Jan, Jonathan Boseman and Jonathan Majors are two very different things yeah but I think we've seen enough times where maybe you can't plan 15 years in advance when you don't know if this person is going to get burnt out mm. you don't know if the, you know what if this we I, I honestly I'll tell my brother I don't think that Blade movie is ever coming out yeah. I'll believe it when I'm in the theater oh X Men. I don't think we're getting an X Men movie for ten years. Yeah, I mean they're they're talking about you know they're planning everything out for twenty twenty at least until twenty twenty seven. Do you think that we get an X Men movie by twenty thirty? Um, I don't. You know what? Here's here's the thing. Am, am I going to be vested? <laughs> vested. I'm going to be so pissed if they make this X Men movie and I'm just like. Uh. Yeah, because, like, at this point, like... I watched all the X-Men movies, and I gave up around Apocalypse, and I was like... Yeah. Days of Future Past is actually great, but... Um, Apocalypse sucked. Days of Future Past, I like that one. Um, First Class was fine. It was okay. I love The Wolverine. Like, I think Logan's the best superhero movie of all time. I actually love The Wolverine because it's a comic book. The Wolverine, okay, the Wolverine is the second. The one, one. in Japan. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, that one's one good. rocks. Yeah. Uh, the first one, what was it, X-Men? The first 15 minutes of X-Men Origins is cool as shit. It was awesome. I was like, oh, we're getting De- Wade Wilson. The last like, hour and a half of X-Men Origins right, like, is kind of talk It should have been a 15-minute short film. That, yeah. that should have been the movie. Everything yeah, else yeah, happened yeah, after that. And then after that. <laughs> Like, they should have just put that in the beginning of X-Men First Class or something. I would love to see them do, like, a deep exploration with, like, okay, let's start with the Penguin. Who would make a good Penguin movie? Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese. Let's give him a fucking mafia movie that Batman happens to be in. Like, okay, let's do a horror movie. Well, we what kind of horror do we want to do? Like, let's do a Saw movie about who? The Riddler. And, like, let's do a, uh, like, a more supernatural horror movie with Scarecrow. Yeah. I think you could do some really... Could you imagine like a scare? Uh, James Wan scarecrow. Fuck yeah, let's do it. Who uh, who did um, who did uh, oh my gosh, it was an old drug movie from uh, like the nineties. Oh oh um, it's not like Eternal. No, no, it's like that though. Yeah. Um, oh fuck, I know, I know what you're talking about. It's. Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. Can yeah. you imagine a Scarecrow movie Fuck, like that? Oh my gosh, where it's like, there's a scene with Batman, right? And he gets injected, right? And then all of a sudden, like, you get to experience it from Batman's perspective and like the whole... The Arkham City, the Arkham series of games really nailed that. Yeah, they that, did. Like... Oh man, now I just, I'm going back and thinking about like that fight with Scarecrow where he turns huge and stuff well, like that. Well, even the, like when the game glitches, how could you yeah. do that in a movie? Oh my gosh. That, yeah, like that was... Like, what would you even do? Like, <laughs> like there's so many... And I think that's the thing that frustrates me the most about so much. Is mm. it's just like... Because, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, how would you do that in a movie? Okay, you'd have it, like, look like it's scratched or look like the file's corrupted, and then you bring the lights up. Yeah. And then, like, the movie comes back. I'm like, that's how you do that, something like that. Or just have the film break. Yeah. Right? Because... Uh, I, and you I, did that in fucking Fight Club. You can do that Batman Club. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that would be, like, a huge psychological 
just flip on the audience, right? My, my, uh, another one of my hot takes for comic book movies, take a legit five-year break after Endgame. Yeah. After Infinity War, I mean. Yeah. Take a legit <laughs> five-year break. I, no press, no nothing. No new movies, no new comics, no nothing. Like, right, I mean, comics, yeah, but, yeah. like, the MCU just doesn't exist for five years. <laughs> take a legit five, and then surprise or, release the, the, um, uh, I would do like five years, but it's just like nothing but like there's no superhero movies, right? Yeah. So it's all like, oh, Spider Man, but it's just all through Mary Jane's perspective. Oh, dude. That's what, No Way Home. I was so <laughs> mad at how they ended that movie because I was like, dude, you just. You know what I was kind of hoping? College for... Spider Man in Boston sounds interesting. I was kind of hoping from No Way Home, like, that we would have gotten to see. Kind of like into the Spider Verse where we saw multiple different Spider. Is it the new Spider Verse movie? Yeah. Fucking excellent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that we would. Toby see... Brown was my guy. <laughs> I would have hoped that he would have just like, like kind of left and gone to a different universe, right? That closes Spider Man. My what what I was expecting. I honestly expected them to introduce Miles. Mm-hmm. I did too. I I was expecting Peter Parker to die and Miles Morales. Not even die, but like imagine. You, or at least, yeah, I guess. He said that he was going to go to college in MIT. Yeah. So he just goes to Boston. <laughs> I mean, Boston sucks, but like, <laughs> he just goes to Boston, and then you introduce Miles Morales as this new guy who, like, in the comics, he, like, he like takes his identity, and people are pissed. Yeah. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, why are you doing all this stuff? And then they find out, like, oh, you're 13. Yeah. You know? And I was like, this is the perfect time to introduce Miles Morales. And then instead, they just, like, fucked up everybody's memory and I'm like <laughs> and you know like here's the thing the thing that like if you think about like where, where they have Miles Morales or if he even appears in the MCU like they're not doing like the Young Avengers stuff until after Secret Wars that's like at least another 5-10 years well 5 so now those guys that you thought would be good for Miles Morales are gonna be in their 30s like yeah. Justice Smith I thought that he was gonna be great Miles Brown yeah. I was like, man, this kid is perfect for, for Miles Morales. There was a rumor that, I think, I'm not, I don't remember his name, it might be Miles Brown, but uh, the, the black kid from Stranger Things. Yeah, him too. Yeah. Um, I forgot his name, but yeah. Caleb McLaughlin. Yeah, Caleb McLaughlin. Yeah, because I was like, wait, that's a black kid's name? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was going off of what you said. No, no I, I, so I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> of Stranger Things. Um, I think, it, I, I have no nostalgia for the 80s, so like none of that. Now, if you would have made that about like the 90s or 2000s, I'm interested. <laughs> I heard that was supposed to be an um, uh, anthology series. Really? So like the first season was going to be in the 80s, the second one was going to be like at a different time. You know, I heard that rumor and I'm like, that sounds fucking great. So I, I remember hearing about that, right? Because right now, Stranger Things is, um, they're doing their part two for, for their final season. Yeah. I heard that the part two is actually a time skip. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. So, because, I mean, Stranger Things is pretty much, like, the retelling of It. It is. It's all um, it is. And if you think about It, right, you had It happened in the, the 1960s or whatever, whenever yeah, the original. Yeah, I think so. Or 1970s, 1970s. And then uh, the new one came, or there was a part two to it, right? Yeah. And that was, like, a future time skip where they were, mo- or it was modern. I, um, I don't think that, I think we've seen enough 80s stuff. And I think we've seen enough 50s and 60s stuff. I don't think we've seen enough 90s. 
Yeah, and but I I know it's coming, you know, because like there's that '90s show. Um, Captain Marvel tried to do it. Yeah, they did. Uh, I uh, Captain Marvel. I forgot that Captain Marvel was a movie. It's like uh, Shang Chi. They did that too. Oh yeah, that's right. They're unforgettable. They're not memorable. Oh, parts of uh, Black Panther. Yeah, it's true. Uh, didn't Civil War do it too? Yeah, they might have. I don't remember. In the beginning, in the beginning uh, of Civil War. Yeah. Well, like make a movie like like make give me like nostalgia in the nineties of like, or even the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Give me like a fucking AOL fucking instant messenger. <laughs> The ring, <laughs> right? Everyone's wearing Jinko jeans and shit. <laughs> like, give me something like that. We're all wearing okay. Give we're me... all wearing headbands for no reason that match our polo shirts. Everybody's going around with slacks. Yeah, bro. Like, give me something like that. Like, oh, man. Can you imagine like a documentary series of like the Warp Tour or something like that? <laughs> that sounds so fucking sick. It would be like I don't know. Because like even that sounds interesting, like a superhero movie, like it's Warped Tour, or like, yeah. you know, not even a superhero movie, just like an interesting movie that's like not in a time that like it's in a time that like that I would be nostalgic for, like in yeah. the ninety. I was born in ninety four, so like that kind of like late nineties, like ninety nine, like ninety eight, ninety nine to like the early two thousands. That was my shit. Yeah. Like I remember when Nelly and Ludacris and Fifty Cent, <laughs> like I remember that. I remember like and what yo, I got a pair of and ones like three months oh, man. ago. <laughs> I, I thought about, I was like what yeah they do they're actually pretty good too that's, that's a problem like, I thought they were going to be trash and I was like alright listen I never open these but like I wear them fairly often yeah. <laughs> you know but like I think that would be so cool to like bring bring shit like that back like yeah I mean I think it would be kind of cool to see that but I also think just explore different genres and stuff like that like <laughs> I keep coming back to it but like not everything has to be a superhero movie or a sequel of a movie, right? Like, yeah, Avatar. The writer strike is gonna be so interesting with that. We support the writer. I support the writers. I'm not. I want to speak. To I them. support the writers. Cool. Right. Write more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the writers and, and the actors. That's the one thing I was surprised about the actors guild too. And they're talking about like VFX unions. I was like, oh, Marvel. Oh yeah. Be fucked, bro. No, honestly, I. I think if anybody, I support more of the the VFX artists because you want to talk about like people who don't get uh, get, get proper credit. VFX yeah. artists, definitely. they really don't. They really. I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing that. I think everybody should unionize. Mm-hmm. I understand why not everybody does. Yeah. Um, me being born in the Midwest, you being from the East Coast, we or the East Coast, we see a lot more union mm-hmm. than like out here. There's not as many unions. And yeah. I don't think that that's necessary. Like, when I lived in Texas, there's not any unions, but also, why would there be? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just not that culture. So, if someone's like, I get why people can't be against unions, I understand. Especially if the, you're not New York, Philly, Detroit, Chicago, you <laughs> exactly. know, Cleveland, you know. Um, but I do think that everybody should unionize. I think everybody should have something that they can be like, no, we, we this is wrong. We don't want, you know. I 100% and, agree with that. And, you know, like you said, growing up on the East Coast, you know, it wasn't, union wasn't a bad word. Yeah. Um, until the 2000s. But union wasn't a bad How word. How many union electricians did you know as a kid? You right, that's, like... who came and serviced your, your stuff? It was a union worker, yeah. right? That's how they announced themselves. Oh, I'm a union worker, right? Um, you have the Fraternal Order of Police. That's a union. Yeah. Uh, fire, there's a fire, one for fire, too. Um you know, so unionizing in different industries. I'm, I I think that 
there's nothing wrong with it, but more people do need to unionize it within different fields. Yeah. You know, especially if you're in the service industry. I when think. I first heard the one that really like blew my mind, I was a I'm a obviously I'm a big rap fan, and Killer Mike was talking about like, oh, like I think there should be a strippers union. And I was like, what the yeah. fuck? And then when he explained it, because I'm not really, I don't really, I don't go to strip clubs. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I, I've been to one, and I was like, y'all trick people. <laughs> like, and I was thinking about, it, I'm like, because my homeboy spent like three hundred dollars. I was like, you could have just bought a PlayStation, bro. Like, but um, no. And, but at the same time, like, yo, if that's, it, I'm not disparaging that at all. But I was thinking when he explained it, like, oh no, if you're providing a service, you should have a union, so you can get treated a certain way. I was like, fuck, he's right. Yeah, he's totally right. Yeah, I mean. It's just so that you have protection, right? Exactly. Um, and it, you know, honestly, because like lawyers are expensive. And here's the thing: when you're going up against a big company, and they've got they've got a team of lawyers, and just like, oh, I've got this guy for a couple hours. You know, mm-hmm. union really does help, right? Especially when it when it comes down to like injuries and stuff like that, workers' comp, and, and dealing with all that shit. Like, yeah, that's. We were legit trying to figure out how we can do an IT union. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been tr- I've been trying to figure out. I don't know how to start a union. I support them. Yeah. Um, but, man, like, I, I feel the same way about photographers, right? It's like, yeah. hey, we need to we need to band Imagine it up. having a baseline for your services. Exactly. Exactly. Imagine having somebody who's advocating on your behalf. Yeah. Right? So it's like, oh, yeah, we, we're making more industry space, right? How do you have those conversations uh, <laughs> to change Arizona, right? Yeah. Yes. Unions get a lot of stuff done <laughs> in government for for workers because uh, they have power. They have they have backing. Yeah. Right. They there's lawyers. And all and also it's nationwide. A lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually like local branches of a nationwide thing, like the yeah. IBEW. Hey, man, they got you. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You're, you're good. <laughs> the uh, order of electricians, uh, you're good. I mean, you're. You're getting provided with services and, and mm-hmm. resources wherever you go. You know, and that's helpful. I've even heard rumors of like a podcaster's union. Yeah. And like, I don't know how you would even do that. I really don't. But I mean, again, baseline of like for sponsorships, having a baseline, mm-hmm. having something where it's like, oh, I can still make money on this, where everybody can make money on this instead of like, like I found a way to monetize what I'm doing, and it's not really even monetizing me. It's you know, or it's monetizing the podcast. It's monetizing like stuff I do. Yeah. But like, imagine not having to do that. And I think that's the biggest thing that like that we talked about is of all the things we've mentioned, it's don't pull the ladder up behind you. Mm-hmm. No. Don't um, pull the ladder up behind you, man. That's the one thing that like. There's a lot of things that like me and other people disagree about. If you're the type of person that pulls that pulls up the ladder behind you, I don't want to work with you at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people feel like success is. Yeah, um, you know i I've heard this saying, and it comes out of like rap a lot, right? It's lonely at the top, right? It's only lonely because you didn't bring anybody with you. Yeah. Um, I think we all have, you know. We're all in service to, to somebody, right? Yeah. Um, we should all be in service to each other, yeah. right? So it's like, even if we have a little piece that might help somebody, when you help that person up, you never know where that's going to 
end up in the future, right? Yeah. Um, and also doing it for that reason. So one of the things that, you know, I, I explained to my girlfriend when we first started talking was like, because she, she was, um, how do I say this? Um, I wanted to, you know, I'll just say from my end. I wanted to make sure my intentions were always pure. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to have an ulterior motive with her. Mm-hmm. So when I would help her out with things, big things, little things, whatever, it was never in the hopes of, oh, maybe she'll date. It was never like that. It was always with the goal of, I want to help this person. Not for anything that I would ever get back, but just I want to help. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think people need to, like, like yeah, you, you often do get good things from helping out. But that's not the reason, guys. Like that's it, it's a it's a it's a symptom, you know. Yeah. And I think that's you're exactly right. It, it's you know, how do you make your place better by everybody being in service? Exactly. And the thing is, like we're talking about the police thing. I've gone on record saying that, like, yo, I do not fuck with police. But if they were in service, we wouldn't have to even have this conversation. Yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll say one more thing about the police thing. Um, before making making the other point, you know, I think when you have people that are in service, right, right. and you have people that aren't, that are also in that same thing, it doesn't matter what good these people are doing, because yeah. all that's going to get highlighted is the bad that's coming out, right? You know, there are police officers every day that will go out, spend their, their time. Um, oh, like uh, New York, the police, yeah. athletically. Yeah, well, they're... That's- they're I've heard so many great stories about police at Yeah, spending time with, with, with children and yeah. being active in their communities, right? You know, highlighting, that's the police work that I, I support. Right. There's over-policing that, that's not, it's not an individual problem. It's not a person-to-person problem with over-policing. It's a policy problem, yes. right? And people can't that's separate right. the, the, oh, I'm against the policies. That doesn't mean that I'm against the person who's doing it. I'm against the person when they use these policies to hurt people. Yeah, but all in all, it's a service that we need. Um, Being in service to others, right? You know, I heard a point about power once, or a a quote about power. Um, You're not, and it goes like this, you're not truly powerful until you can help someone who has no means of helping you or ever paying you back. I love that. Right? So that's... That's a real, real measure of power, and at least in my mind. Um, yeah, I like that. That's, and that's. I mean, that's it. That's all I want to do is like just, and that's why I coach. Yeah. Bro, I don't make that much from coaching. Yeah. I make enough to like go chill and like go do some cool shit and like there were there were times coaching where it covered my gas. Mm-hmm. I got paid and I was like, <laughs> oh, covers my gas for where I went. You know, coming from like as far north as I am, going down to Chandler. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour and a half for me. Yeah. And I was like, cool, cover my guess, you know? <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, I want to help. Exactly. I don't want to, you know, I, I want to make things better, especially because I'm coaching at my alma mater. Yeah. I want to leave things better than how I found them. Exactly, right? That's, you know, none of us is taking any any of this with us, right? The only thing that you will leave behind is a legacy, depending yeah. on what you do. Um, well, hell no, that legacy is going to be there. That's true. <laughs> like, you're either going to have a legacy of, man, this guy was dog ass, or a legacy of this guy was fucking great, or this guy, a legacy of, uh, he was okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, you know, thinking about that, thinking about, like, who comes after me, right? 
you know, you want to leave things in a better place than than how it was found. I feel yeah. like the generations before us haven't necessarily been great stewards of that, um, you know, in terms of, like, setting us up for government-wise. Government's <laughs> Social Security. Social Security's gone. Government's <laughs> doing whatever. Environment's crazy. Like, yeah, all of that. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like... And But at the same time, there are some people who, like, some groups that, like, their unions before us... Mm-hmm. They did go through a lot. Hell, even like, you know, being black men, like, Mm -hmm. it'd be obvious. Like, the civil rights movement changed a lot for us. Yeah. I would, it it sounds crazy, but like, I would rather deal with the problems that we have now than the problems that they had in the 50s and 60s. Absolutely. And you know what? Here's the thing. I'll be frankly honest. I'm not cut out to handle the problems that they (laughs) they had back then. You remember when Granddad bought a raincoat (laughs) and out of the moon? Exactly. But like, yeah, I, I probably, I can, I know that for me, I'm too much of a a hot temper, lose myself in that kind of situation, right? If somebody's up in my face, like I I've grown up in the environment where I can be aggressive, and people are gonna be like, eh. And that's the thing, but you don't want to. You don't want to. I don't want to fight you, bro. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> I'm like tagging with you. Yeah, I'm not trying to fight you. Now, now that I'm older, like, you know, I, I think that you don't got to prove yourself. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not proving anything, right? Yeah. I'm trying. Like I said, I'm trying to disappear, stay under the radar, right? I want to be like, oh yeah, he was there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's like. Being the cool guy, or it's like, yeah, everybody knows him. Like, he's a guy that y- you want to know. But, you know, he doesn't I'm sure at Fashion Week, there are people there that are, like, huge heavy hitters yeah, that yeah. we just, like, had no idea who they were. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing, right? You don't want to be the big flashy guy. Um, that's something that I just know from the East Coast. Right? Not even the East Coast, just growing up, right? Yeah. You never want to be the big flashy guy. That makes you the target. It's not the big, the big flashy guy always goes down. He's the guy that gets taken out. It's the guy that's slow, steady, not doing, doesn't look like he's doing anything great, but being consistent. The people, the, the my favorite people, because I've run into a couple different people, just mm-hmm. like, you know, my, my dad, he went to a, when he got, when he retired from the military, he went to a business college. And, um, just being at different events, like I didn't go to that college, but like they know, they know, who, they know, I'm not even trying to flex, like it's not flex. They know who I am just because my dad was like, oh, yeah, that's my son. So, like, that, like I just met cool people like, yeah. and shit like that, right? And the coolest people ever were the ones that were, like, like, I'm thinking of one in particular. He was actually this, uh, one of my professors my, before I, I, I stopped going to SU. And uh, that dude, <laughs> you know, he fucking invested in Zycam. <laughs> Man. Man, the, uh, the nerve yeah. medication. Yeah. Yeah. That dude, he's set. And only reason he brought it up was just because he was like, yeah, I got it. Like, uh, I, I, I've, I've invested before. Like, I know some stuff. And mm-hmm. like, somebody's like, what have you invested in? Like, you know, anything they know? He's like, Zycam. And we were like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you here? But it was just that, like, that kind of, like, yeah, not yeah. But, like, he doesn't have to flex. Listen, and if you if you get money and you want to buy the new Porsche and you want to have a blast. But also, the thing is, like, the coolest people I've ever met were the people that were just, like, chill about shit. Yeah. 
just chill about shit. They're, you know, you just talk to them for a while and they're like, you know who that was? You know, like that. Exactly. I bumped into Allen Iverson at a mall when I was stationed in Virginia. Man. Like, I physically bumped into him. I was looking at my phone. I didn't see him. I bumped into him. I accidentally knocked his hat off. And I felt really, really bad. And, like, I knocked it loose. And I was like, yo, I'm so sorry. My bad, bro. I, I didn't mean, you know, I was looking at my phone. And he's like, nah, chill, dog. You good? You good? You good, bro? And I was like, man, his voice sounds super fucking familiar. And I was walking into a lids. And I was like, hey, man, that voice sounds mad familiar. Who was, like, I don't know why, though. And he goes, yeah, that was Alan. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Alan. I'm like, Alan who? He's like, Alan Iverson, dummy. East Coast is different. Right? <laughs> you know, Alan Iverson, dummy. I'm like, wait, shit, that's Alan Iverson? He's like, yeah, you be chilling out here, dog. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You see that in L.A. sometimes, too. Yeah, I mean, like, East Coast and, and L.A., you'll, you'll see people on the street, right? But it's just, like, that fly under the radar, right? And it's, like, those are the people that are usually the coolest people. I saw D'Angelo Russell in uh, Vegas. I think Jay-Z is like that, too, right? Jay-Z is, If he wasn't so recognizable, I think so. If he, he wasn't so recognizable, yeah. he. I mean, he's somebody that... I mean, billionaires are, are always going to be be recognizable and then also for billionaires he definitely stands out in terms of billionaires we've seen, in America like, homie we've seen you for like 30 years on these album covers bro we know what you but, look like you know like Beyonce's an angel you think that we're not gonna catch her at Whole Foods like, exactly <laughs> but like at the same time like humble carries himself like oh yeah it's like yeah this guy used to sell drugs like dopest rapper <laughs> rapper ever right that's all all went out there is like no you talk to him it's like it's eloquated speech. It's it's that that proper carry, right? It's like, oh, I'm carrying myself like, yeah. like I am the boss, right? Yeah, and just, I, and I think it's, I think that's eventually like if I were to ever get to that point, just doing it where it's just like, yeah, he's still in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot who it was. I think Raekwon actually on the song said it. He was like, I'm still here. Big pun. I'm, I still live in the same house, and I was like, all right, chill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, big pun. Every, that's one thing I respected about Big Pun. He didn't move out. For real? No, he moved. He built up it right where he was. Hell yeah. Uh, Redman. Uh, no, well, I'm coming from a West Coast perspective, and I can't remember his fucking... Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle. Hussle. Um, there was somebody else that was like that, too. Uh, Mac Dre. Yeah. Mac Dre, yeah. He stayed. I think E-42, actually, yeah. I don't know about E-40, but I think, I, I think he lives, like, in the area still. Yeah. But And I get that some people, you do have to move to L.A. in order to, like, hit certain things. I get that, like, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, you talk like about, actors for sure. I understand why you moved to LA. Yeah, you know, but I mean, I think for me, you see a lot of these smaller communities or, or lower income populations, right? Like mm-hmm. Compton, Detroit, stuff like that, right? There, there, there's tons of wealth that has come out of there that just doesn't get circulated back in, right? And you know, you want to talk about, like... I see that a lot with Midwest dudes. They leave the Midwest and they all look back. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago's like that. Um, but, I mean, it's not... I can't just say it's Chicago, and I can't just say it's something within hip-hop. Once once people get successful, they don't reinvest, right? So it's like... The crazy thing about... LeBron's like, trying, but... I think he's going to struggle a little bit. Because well, he's still playing. Rick Ross is, is another example too, right? But here's the thing. And I think quiet investments are the ones that make like, like Rick Ross owning. I think he owns like a bunch of Wingstops. Yeah, Wingstops and uh, Wingstops, and I think he also there was some like other franchise. Like that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there was some other franchise that he he got into, right? I definitely support that. But like, here's the crazy thing about America. 
um, it would take twenty billion dollars to end um, uh, homelessness in America, right? Roughly around twenty billion dollars. Um, that's less than the price of what Twitter was bought for. Yeah, it's less than what we spend in military spending of unaccounted, oh my God, unaccounted military spending. Unaccounted. That's not going to troops. It's just. Hey, as a former troop, I'll tell you what, we're not seeing $20 billion worth of shit, man. <laughs> that's just dollars that are unaccounted for. Uh, you know, that's a huge issue for me of where it's just like, this is a, we have a simple, we have a major problem with a simple solution, and it's like, oh, well, you want to cut the, the military funding? It's like, no, I want to cut excess military spending. Oh, I'm definitely on the side of, like, cut military funding because, so this is a story that I heard. Right. Mm. Um, I got out of the military and the VA pays a percentage based mm. on your disability, right? So I hit a certain percentage. And um, I was like, okay, cool, yeah, no big deal. And my best friend hits me up and she goes, hey, so um, are you at 100% for disability? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, somebody else needs 100%. Don't mm. worry about it. And she goes, what do you mean? I was like, I, I don't know. Just like, you know, why would I take all, like, if, if we have different disability, like, you know, somebody else needs 100%, I didn't, you know, go through as much as that person. Yeah. And she goes, do you understand what happens to all the excess money at the end of the fiscal year? And I was like, no, what do you mean? She goes, dude, it's a bonus paid out to all the executives. Mm-hmm. For um, the fucking soldiers? Are you serious? Nah, fuck you, man. I'm getting my money. <laughs> like, when I heard that, and I told my dad, too, and I was like, yo, we got to go get this 100%. And the moment when I told him the whole thing, he like did some research and he's like, they're seriously paying themselves. DARPA, don't get me wrong. Military advancement, understand. DARPA has a pretty much a blank check. Yep. Um, which is unaccounted. That's, we have fighter jets that we can't use. We have, we literally spent all this money on F twenty two, F twenty twos, and we're retiring uh, a third of our force. We can't use them. There's nowhere to use them. Yeah. But they're also... Even when they made them, they're like, we can't use we them. We can't use them. They're the most expensive fighter jet. If you think about like how much each one of those planes costs, they're multi-billion dollar planes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have 32 of them. We're retiring six of them uh, that were never really used. My favorite is because uh, my mom was like, you know, she's like, well, we can't cut the funding. I'm like, okay, listen... We have 25 aircraft carriers. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, you know, we need those. I'm like, the next country has five. Yep. <laughs> the next country is China. I was like, we're so far ahead of the game. We are. And we keep putting more money into it. And it's getting to the point where, like, the stuff that advanced us is actually obsolete. Exactly. And it's like, here's a, the crazy thing about, like... You got an Xbox and didn't buy no games for it, dog. Like... <laughs> And here's the crazy thing, like, the battlefield of of tomorrow is going to be fought online. Damn near virtually, yeah. Online, more than it's going to be fought in the actual battle. Drones. And Drone yeah. strikes. You know, you talk about, like, AI infrastructure coming online, but, like, using AI to attack power grids. Like, that was a, a crazy thing uh, we're talking about. Or using AI to, like, tell people... Dog, using AI for drone strikes is the most horrifying thing. And it just hit me that, like, they're totally going to do that. <laughs> totally going to? Oh, if they have <laughs> yeah, but, but, like, I'm just thinking of, like, all the issues that arise. Like, 
so many like war issues and like ethical issues from like strike anyone that looks terrorist like yeah like there's so they want so full disclosure when I was joining the army they wanted me to be a drone pilot and I was mm. like fuck no because <laughs> I knew drone pilots from when I was growing up and, yeah. like, and like I knew guys who were getting into drone pilots because my dad when my, my dad retired 2012 mm-hmm. and I joined 2014. Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> I knew of drone pilots, and they were fucked up mentally. So that scared me. And then I didn't realize the ethical issues issues yeah. until later of, like, oh, we don't have to actually know anything. We can just bomb this place and then go home. And we, you know, you don't really know who you're, who's there, right? That's one of the biggest things that, that has been criticized about the U.S. internationally is, like, oh, indiscriminate drone strikes, right? Yeah. Um, Imagine telling somebody who fought World War II that, like, oh, we're just going to bomb people from <laughs> military bases back home. Yeah. And we're just going to send robots out. Like, what? Exactly. Like, that that's a crazy thing. That's a crazy place to be. I mean, I, the fact that this is even a conversation that we have, have in 2023, 20, right? Robots, it's like the fucking Terminator. We're really, really on the brink of that. You know, robots on the battlefield, robots doing their own stuff, and... Well, on one hand, like, oh, robots on the battlefield. I'm like, cool, no loss of human life. Then I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that's not what would happen at all. Yeah. Because, I mean, at that point, you have collateral damage, and I feel like it gets worse because there is no restriction. Because let's just be robots. Real. Are the U.S. and China ever going to fight each other, or are they going to fight in, like, Nepal? Um, or, like, Afghanistan or Sudan? I, I think that's what it would be. I think no, it would be a bunch of proxy wars. You know, honestly, where, where, I, think, where I think it all comes to a head is... Believe it or not, Africa. My dad's been saying that too. Uh, have you seen what's going on? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like a, a crazy thing. Everybody's talking about Ukraine and Russia, you know, that going on and how that's to bring. But it's like, wait a minute, everybody's going on about what's going on in Africa right now. It's like that's something to pay attention to. China's basically colonizing Africa. Mm-hmm. They've been, but that's something that happened in twenty twenty. Um, you know, not protecting foreign interests, they went in there and started like, oh, we'll loan you this with these super predatory loans uh, in Africa and went up, started buying up ports, stealing up ports and everything like that. And it's like, yep. Yeah. And it's hard too because like, I don't think that as America we should be the world's police force. But then I kind of see like, oh, this is why you do that. And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's going to get... I do think it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. I do. I honestly do think things will get better. I think we're heading toward the 60s, though. Uh, I think... I think we're going to have civil rights movements and another Vietnam. Uh, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, right? Because like... <laughs> here, here's, where, here's where I look at it, right? Um, we're in a point of time where... We have something that's never. We're at the way. Uh, we're going to change how we all do things in life, right? Yeah. Uh, with AI, Chat GPT, or whatever the next iteration of that is, right? Um, oh yeah, this is the MySpace of AI. The Facebook of AI is going to be insane. Yeah, we're not even. I wouldn't even say we're at the MySpace of AI. You think we're in like the we're, AOL aim? Before that, we're. Wow. I, I think we're still in the Netscape era. Whoa, of, really? Of AI. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, because here's the thing, right? AI, all the AI that we have, it's artificial intelligence. It's not super intelligence, right? But it's also not artificial intelligence. It's no, machine it's, learning. It's machine learning, right? 
We haven't mm-hmm. re- actually seen artificial intelligence come on. That's true. And we haven't. You have artificial intelligence. So you have machine learning, uh, which is dumb artificial intelligence. You have artificial intelligence, which can have it a com- uh, conversation, maybe have emotions, and then you have super artificial intelligence, which is smarter than what we are, right? Yeah. What happens when we go through all, all three of those stages? If I had to actually bring up a parallel, and I, people think I'm joking when I say this, but it's the most recognizable version. I think that our future is going to look very similar to Blade Runner. Yeah, I can see that. Um, if you like look at the lore, like the offshore mining and you know, or the off-planet mining and the... I don't think it'll go as deep as, like, replicants and stuff. Mm. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's going to be a cross between uh, the Will Smith I Robot and Blade Runner. Yeah. Where I think you're going to see a lot of stuff like that. I think... I would lean more so on, like, iRobot. Um, iRobot and Bison... Have you seen Bicentennial Man? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, wow. Okay. That's, yeah, that's a real, real, real deep cut to pull up. Um, Bicentennial Man and iRobot. That's, oh, with, with the dash of Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, 2077. I I don't think that will... Here's the only reason why I don't... It won't be quite that crazy, but I do think that you will see, like, the disparity grow. I, yeah, here... The only... I agree with everything in terms of, like, the robots and, and yeah. everything of Blade Runner. I just don't think... Ever see us having, like, the population... Of Blade Runner or twenty seventy seven. Oh, um, okay. So this is, we've gone for almost three hours. If you <laughs> oh, want to keep, if you want to keep going, <laughs> I, I do have something for you. Though. Yeah, yeah. I think America breaks apart in fifty years. I uh, think it looks a lot more like Europe. Mm, I don't think it'll necessarily be like a civil war either. I could see that. Um, I think you might get a bit of fighting, but I think that like, I think that this is too much for one person to manage. You're basically in control of 50 different states. Like, let's be real. Yeah. I know that, like, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, I know that that's a very similar... I think that, like, those countries might... Or those states might end up as one thing. But I would not be surprised to see this country break up into, like, maybe, like, nine different... Like, the South is basically going to do its own thing. The East Coast is going to do, like... Like, it's going to be largely regional. I don't think it will necessarily be, like, a civil war. I don't... I don't know, because this is, this is one that I've gone back and forth on a yeah. lot about, like, what is... At first, I used to think, like, it, statistically, it's impossible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, younger, growing up in America. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh, well, we have the greenback, and that's backed by gold, and that that's, you know, what we have that, that protects us is we're, we're constantly investing and being innovative and you know really trying to trying to advance forward right um that was 90s early 2000s i we're not advancing like that anymore um you know it's it's not like you see new industries coming out like how we had with the the dot-com boom right it was like the night from 1999 well what was it, 94, 92, whatever the internet came out, Yahoo and all that other stuff? Yeah, that version. Right? You saw literally millionaires overnight, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. People thought that they were going to get that with, like, tech stocks. Yeah. And we've seen what happens with tech stocks. And, like, my so my personal handle for my Instagram has a Bitcoin as the B. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I thought it was like a kind of like a little funny twist on ASAP Rocky and Travis Scott when he had the dollar sign. <laughs> but I honestly think that Bitcoin, I, I think that cryptocurrencies, I think they fucked up now. But I think they had a shot to really, really change things. I think Bitcoin still could. Um, um, but I think that, I, 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 like I said, I don't think there's going to be a ton of fighting. But I do think that people are just going to realize that culturally, mm-hmm. if Texas leaves, California leaves, and Florida leaves, I think states follow. I th- we if we do do that, right? I think that makes us, you know, if we do divide, that makes us lose what makes America so powerful, right? Um, it does. But my question is, if that's happening to America, mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening to China and Russia? And you know what I mean, like so. It, well, here's the thing about... There's already unrest in China with the Uyghur Muslims and Hong Kong exactly. and Tibet. But then... And you, Russia's been having unrest the whole time. They just don't talk about it. You you have Chinese with an aging... Right. Uh, aging population, right? And it's the same thing with Japan, too, right? Where they're not... You know, they're not as... Uh, they're not having kids as fast. Um, here's the crazy thing about America... For the first time, 2021 or 2022, we was the first year where we had our own population decline. Yeah. Right? And it's like, it's happening over here, it's happening over here, right? But it's, what's the reason why? People like us aren't having kids anymore. Why? Because everything is too expensive to, to live and survive. Um, I... I don't know if in 50 years, you know... More, my more conservative guess is by 2100. I think by 2100, the map's going to look radically different. I think, you um, know... And I don't think it's going to be, like, a hard time on that. Like, 1776, yeah. you know, like, it's going to be... I think by 2100, the map could look radically, radically different. I think, for me... I, I think America will always be America, right? I think it'll always stay as America. Well, to me, it's like, the British Empire is still around. They yeah. just don't own India. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's still there, though. And I think that's what America's going to be. I think that you will have the United States of America. Exactly. But it might not. It might go from the Atlantic to the Great Lakes. It might go... I think that's what it would... I, I still think... I still think we'll keep our 50... Or continental... Really? Yeah, I still think continental 50, 50 states, right? Here's the reason why. At the, It's a, too much of a strategic advantage... No, no, for sure. ...to not separate, right? You know, you have... We have we're landlocked by allies, and then we're we have the well, ability. We're really trying to fuck up one of those. Oh, I know we are we are doing such a great job with that. <laughs> and then we have oceans on on either side of us, right? So it's like it's a good way to protect ourselves. So I found this. Um, I did some research, right? Because I was doing it for a story. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make like a future story, and so I found this, and it is a list of all the separatist movements. In uh, the U.S. and Canada, mm-hmm. and so I took the list and I put it on an actual map. <laughs> yeah, that's when I when I say like I, you know when I say that like it could split because like Hawaii's been talking about independence forever, and mm-hmm. this actually Loki, uh, British Columbia, Oregon, and Washington sounds lit as fuck. Yeah, I think that place would be chill as fuck. <laughs> I think would be at that. But, you know, if if I had to guess, I think that things might end up looking similar to that. See. This here, I see this thing, right? The south, uh, the the southwest. Yeah, I could see the southwest and all of this saying here. What 
if anybody was going to succeed, I could see the South. Oh, dude, the South is gone. <laughs> <laughs> we're about two president. We're about two Democratic presidents away from exactly. dipping out. Like, like they, they have, they have to agree to it. Everybody has to agree. And I think Atlanta would be like the main part that would stop it. Yeah. Atlanta, New Orleans, I think. But I was like, hey man, y'all better be ready because when we gotta get uh, when y'all gotta get um, passports to play in the NBA, shit's gonna right? be different, bro. Exactly. It's, like, it's no. gonna be like, hey. You know, and it's like and oh, when you look at Europe, yeah, you can't do all that with one. No, like there's so many people, and, and you know, you you think if they were to do that, right? Look at what look at what happened when Britain did Brexit. Fuck, there's so much turmoil with that. And it's like, that's what one thing I thought about too was like, imagine if the United States breaks up. And then there's like a North American Union, and I was just like, "This is just the United States and Canada with extra steps." Exactly. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. Exactly. Where like after like ten years, they're like, it's like it's like you know you had to live with your cousins for a summer, and you're like, "Fuck them!" And then after a while, you're like, "Y'all can come through for Christmas if you want." Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. I think it'd be something like that. I, I really do. I think that would be something where like, I, I it wouldn't surprise me to see things break apart just because when you look at American history, like. West Virginia, Virginia were one state, mm-hmm. and then West Virginia was like, "You guys can't control us anymore. We're splitting." Yeah, you know. I mean, there are talks about uh, parts of uh, is it Portland or, or Oregon joining Idaho because of because um, they don't want to be a part of like Portland. Okay. Or associated with Oregon. See what I mean? Just like, <laughs> like Texas can split into five different states yeah. if they wanted to. Like it's in their constitution. <laughs> California could honestly be two different states if they wanted it to. Could. It could be three if you really like bring up inland California too, like San Francisco, LA, and then like the rest. Exactly. You know, um, there's a lot of places where I mean, hell, you even look in New York. New York City is five. I didn't know this, but it's five different counties. Yeah. That make up one city. I didn't know. I was wondering why yeah, there were five boroughs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. And I'm like, I could totally see that with the U.S. Where it's just like, yeah, it's a bunch of different, smaller things. I could totally see that. But And I don't think it would be a bad thing either. Uh, if you look at how Europe is, like, with, like, Ireland and Scotland and, you know, Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales and then England, and that that's one country, I would not be surprised to see that so kind of be how it works. I guess for me, I think logistically speaking, that would be a nightmare, right? Because it's like... Okay, how do you separate the military, right? And then it would be a mess. Who gets control over such a mess? Who gets control over foreign interests? That the biggest thing I think is going to be when people realize that there's a bunch of army bases in the south. Right? It's like <laughs> it's like oh yeah, we want Guam. But then the training is in the north. <laughs> exactly. Right? My brother's at West Point. Exactly. Yeah. Or you got to go down to Fort Hood for because you're in the navy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, like, I just I think so. I think if. And that's, that's my thing. I think that things are going to go really, really crazy, and then I think things are going to find, like, a new normal. Kind of like in, like, I think, like, World War One. if you look at, like, World War One Europe, I mm-hmm. think that's kind of where we're at. It's, like, just, it takes one thing to go crazy, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, these weren't borders before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I think we're, we're there, it's very easy to look at stuff as, like, a powder keg. I mean, there's so many things that are going on right now, but I want I want to give a different perspective, right? Okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on the side of relentless optimism. 
Right? <laughs> I'm with it, man. I'm with it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go for the size of relentless optimism. In the next 50 years, right, we will finally make a concerted effort to get into space and go to Mars. So, okay. So, let, let, let's say this. I'll give you a little bit more than 50 years. By the tricentennial, which would be 2076, do you think we're on Mars? Yeah. That's a dope as shit. I think, I think... That's possible. I think 2040. We're, we're already... You think 2040? 2040. That's... A man, like a manned mission to Mars? Or a man, like a, or a, like a, a manned on mission... Mars? No, I'm talking about a manned mission. Twenty four. Oh yeah, okay, I can see that. A manned mission to Mars. Um, That'd be interesting. And what happens with that, right, is we reinvigorate the space race again, right, and that becomes another boom. A space race built on competition instead of wanting to fuck over Russia is very interesting. Yeah. What? Well, because <laughs> here, here's what happened with the just space like race. a healthy kind of like. Yeah. I bet you we can get to Mars first. Well. I think what's gonna. I think for us, you know, what's gonna be the sadder thing is that I feel like space travel is going to become more of a urgency than a billionaires kind of thing because of global warming. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know. You know, it'd be crazy though if all the billionaires go to Mars and then like global warming's fixed. Yeah. <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> like, that would be hilarious. Because like I might have to think about that. They're like, hey man, planet's gonna burn up, and like, yeah, but all you guys are leaving. Right? It's like Thanos, but we're not killing anybody. <laughs> oh man. But I that's Do you what, think we get a manned mission to Mars or uh settlement on the moon first? Oh, so settlement on the moon first. I mean Really? Okay. Yeah. Um here's I mean, I, I know they're doing, like, the whole Artemis mission, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is supposed to be either one or two years where we're supposed to, like, do a launch something to the moon, right? Um, I know within the next 20 years, we, we're making more of a presence in space, right? Um, I have heard that they're, like, refocusing on that. No, I, for my own personal thoughts, I, I think we... We've actually colonized, or I shouldn't say colonized, we actually set up a permanent living structure in space for humans, right? That's kind of the ISS to an extent. And it's kind of, but it's... But you mean something like way more permanent. I'm talking about way more permanent, right? So mm-hmm. there, there are Lagrange points around the Earth, right, where there's like these gravity wells of mm-hmm. where you can just leave something in orbit. Right mm. and not have to. Oh, like a satellite would. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, setting up like colonies or I shouldn't say colonies, but setting up. Um, That's uh, like a homestead, I guess. Yeah, like yeah, I feel you. Like in um, in these Lagrange points, right? That reinvigorates space travel. It reinvigorates um, air travel, right? Because so we're gonna go to space now. It's quicker to get to to other places on the planet. Um, that makes us more connected, and then that also makes it easier for us to kind of build a base on the moon. I'm seeing, I'm seeing something now because you mentioned evolution a lot. That's actually what I'm going to title this episode: is evolution. And my evolution is like, fuck it, it's broken, break <laughs> it, and we'll start over. And yours is like, no, we can fix it. And, I, I, and this is why I keep telling people: you need both. Yeah. You need both. You need the one guy who's like, fuck it, shut it down. We're not doing this shit anymore. And you need another guy who's going to be like, hang on, dude. You know, and I think that's, yeah, because that, those are the two versions of evolution. Exactly. Is one person's like, hey, well, why don't we just try to adapt and be better? And the other person's like, how about if you don't adapt, you will, you know, 
And I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I like that you said the relentless optimism too. Just like, no, we can be better because we're going to make it better. Exactly. Know. You know, that, and you bring up a good point, right? There, there's always going to be validity in, in both arguments, right? You need a Martin and a Malcolm. You exactly. need a W.E.B. Du Bois exactly. and a uh, Booker T. Washington. Exactly. You know, you you need that counterpoint, but you need to have a healthy conversation about it. As long as you're united. That's exactly. the problem. A right? lot of times you can fight with each other <laughs> Just, over things that are trivial. Exactly. And you can have a difference of opinion um, and still be respectful uh, of people, right? Um, I've been reading or I've been watching a lot of videos on YouTube about... Um, I used to be very, very Christian. Um, I was, like, training to be a pastor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I left the church a while ago. And for a lot of reasons, but I've been watching a lot of videos about um, deconstructing your faith. And, mm-hmm. he, and one of the guys, he said, when you are involved in Christianity, and like especially like evangelical Christianity, and you're very, very deep into it, a lot of times you have an us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. And when you leave, you have to still work on that us versus them mentality because you will go from fighting people that you don't know to fighting people that you do. And when he said that, I thought it brought up a really great point. And I think that's something that, like, yeah, you can have a difference of opinion. Yeah. When it's like, like, you're right. You know, if, if it's something that's like, if you're like, if I'm like, hey, we can't reform this. And you're like, I think we can. I'm not going to stop being allied with you over that. Exactly. Those, those aren't the places to lose allyship over. Exactly. Cool. Exactly, right? And I think having that 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 ability to say, you know what? This isn't the, this isn't the the hill to die on, yeah. right? There's there's bigger bigger issues going on than You know what my friend said to that? She's like, "Why are we dying on any hill? Why are we helping each other up these hills?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it." You know what? Uh, that's right? a, that's a good point. Just like a completely different <laughs> yeah. perspective. I was like, "Fuck, you're right, yeah." Yeah. I mean, you know what? I I think <laughs> call it laissez-faire or hands-off approach, but I think everybody should be entitled to have their own hill, right? Uh, you know, that's not necessarily uh, um, socialist or anything like that. But I think everybody should have their own hill, and they should be able to do whatever they want. People just need to leave people the fuck alone. <laughs> you know, like we. I I feel like sometimes we want to be involved in other people's lives, and it's just like. Sometimes you don't have to. Who gives it? Sometimes you really do, but a lot of times it's mind your business. You know, there's there's so there's so much peace and just hey, I'm gonna mind my business on that. I could say something to that. So in the <laughs> army, our guideline was unless it's unethical, illegal, or immoral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like follow any order unless it's unethical, illegal, or immoral. And like we tried to find like holes in that. We we're like. Nah. Yeah. I can do that, you know. Exactly. Is this illegal, unethical, or immoral? And if that's what, and if that's the breakdown you need, that's the breakdown you need. But you know what? Honestly, I wish more people would live by that, right? Yeah. It's like, because it's concrete. The Army taught me a lot of bullshit, <laughs> but it taught me some good stuff, too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, con- it's concrete, though, right? Yeah. It's It makes sense. You know, if you're going to do something, as long as it's unethical, un- or it's not unethical or illegal, right? Who gives a shit, right? You know, if somebody wants to, to dress up however they want to do and wear purple hair and yeah. walk around with a clown nose, let them be be them, right? Mm-hmm. It's their business. Yeah. And it's, 
literally the 20 minutes rule. If it's not going to affect you in 20 minutes after seeing that person, it shouldn't affect you in that very moment. <laughs> I like that. I have heard that before. I like that. Not what you expected, there, huh? <laughs> yeah. You thought you were going to talk about taking pictures of family. I was like, didn't you? <laughs> talk about it. Talk no, about that's, it. that's one of the reasons why I love podcasting is because people, oh, and you know what? Because we got about a minute left. We were talking about the McDonald's, and uh, before we got on, we were talking about the McDonald's <laughs> in different countries. And you mentioned the McDonald's in Scotland was different. Yes. What did you eat? What, what was the special thing at the menu at the McDonald's <laughs> in Scotland? Because Germany and Japan both got crazy. Yeah. Too. So, Scots, or Scotland had peri-peri. Fuck off, man. Let's peri-peri <laughs> chicken sandwich burger Let's with a peri-peri go. sauce. That if you've so never good. had peri-peri chicken, like, oh my gosh, you need to. It's a Portuguese thing. And, man, you need to experience that. That was their... Let's go. Oh, man. my That gosh. sounds so good. <laughs> I would go back right now for it. There you go. Cool. <laughs> so, where can we find you? Where like, where where can we look you up? What are you doing next? Uh, social media. can find me on Go Get RJ. Uh, what am I doing next? Uh, got a couple of projects that I'm dropping in terms of music videos. Uh, oh, nice. Photo oh, projects. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned. <laughs> and uh, Fashion Week, are you... Do, are you for sure in that? Because that's a couple months away. Uh, I, I a told, lot of people aren't for sure yet. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that Phoenix Fashion Week is family, um, so you can definitely find me there cool. in October. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I might have a couple people that are going to be there. Um, one of the models, uh, Rhea. Oh, right on. So she, oh, I don't know about her, but she, um, her. So my dad used to coach women's rugby mm-hmm. uh, for the Phoenix women's rugby team, and her sister was the person who started that team. And I knew her sister, but I didn't know her. Nice. And so we were just talking about, like, different things. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, so you know my sister. And I was like, who's your... And she's like, so-and-so. I'm like, oh, my God, I know her. Like, so, like, yeah, so, like, that's one person who, like, I do want to just say what's up to her. I was supposed to... I might record with her before I go to L.A. with, uh, with my girl. But, yeah, it was just, like, some of those weird things where it's just, like, yeah, I love I love Fashion Week. I want to go back. I got to see if Carlos is going to do it. He, he, we're not 100% sure because that's... <laughs> yeah. a few months away and there's a lot of moving parts into that but I was like hey man if you need somebody if you need media let well, me know hey let me know I, I'll, uh, I can definitely talk to some people sounds good <laughs> sounds good hey man great great podcast um, let's do it again absolutely let's do it again absolutely. we'll get you on the nerd one too that way we can like just talk about <laughs> Hey, man, some nerd shit. <laughs> oh, man, I'll, I'll go off on um, just different animes and stuff. Low-key, the top ten best animes. I got you. All right, we got time. What you got? <laughs> oh, man, okay. What's your, you know what? Give me your top three. That way we can do the top ten. Later. Top three. Top three. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Kenichi, uh, the strongest disciple. Ooh. Um, that's a deep fucking cut off okay. rip. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Um, let me see. What's another good one right now? I'm going to go current School of Heroes. Um, okay. That's been a really good one. And then another, I got to go for an OG classic. Um, I'm going to say, you know what? Gundam Wing. Gundam Wing. Any of the Gundam series. Cause Gundam Wing scared the shit out of me when I was a kid because it was the first time I saw a gun on TV. <laughs> like a real gun. Like someone pulled a gun. I was like, what the fuck is this? But um, I that's been one that I finally got Crunchyroll, mm-hmm. and um, I've been meaning to like get back into the Gundams. Didn't realize there was like nine series. Oh my gosh, there's so many of them. Um, I think for me, probably one of my favorite ones is like the Eighth MS Team. It's an easy one to sit down and watch, cool. okay. and um, really good storyline. Cool, really good storyline. There you go. 
So we will do that. Uh, we'll schedule something for when I come back because this is this was a lot of fun. Hell yeah, that's dope. and we can use the real uh, <laughs> the, real, the real studio, the real podcast too. room. <laughs> so hey, listen, guys, thank you for listening to this three-hour podcast. Break it up in chunks, man. There's a reason why I, I release these. I release these every Friday <laughs> at eight. That way, people can listen to it while they're driving. <laughs> and then they get the whole fucking weekend. Right, go through your work week. Yeah, man, like work out with me in your ear or some shit. Go, <laughs> hey, lift heavy this weekend. That's what I want to hear hear you guys do. Just go out there and try to bench. Bench triple digits, man. Go, go do something crazy. Right? Set new records. Yeah, they, set new records. Fuck yeah, <laughs> set new records. That's the goal this weekend. So appreciate you listening. Thanks, guys. Peace.